This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is June 14th, a Monday. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police are investigating a fatal shooting of a 21-year-old man in the city's Port Richmond section. The incident was reported Saturday at about 1130 in the evening during a large dirt bike and motorcycle gathering near the intersection of Aramingo and Butler. Police say they were responding to a call of a person with a gun. According to authorities, a 21-year-old man was riding his dirt bike when another man man on a motorcycle shot him in the head. The shooter then fled the scene, officials say. The suspect was wearing a dark hoodie and a face mask. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. Police say the victim was at the location to view the illegal car racing. Someone filmed the shooting and posted it online. Authorities confirm a second man stole the victim's dirt bike and also fled the area. So hmm. far, no arrests have been have been made at this time. A contractor was taking down a wall of an abandoned home when he, he said a kitten fell out. <laughs> he figured there might be more, so he took a closer look over the course of eight hours he found a total of nine adult cats and seven kittens the animals were covered in their own filth and unfortunately one kitten did not survive he took the cats in two crates to the philadelphia's animal care and control team act philly says the felines wouldn't have made it much longer had they not been found the organization says the cats are scared and will need uh, some help with socialization the animal center is looking for donations and wants to hear from anyone who may be interested in fostering one as a pet anyone who is interested can go to their facebook page or you can email foster at actphilly.org for more information. Theme parks across the country are preparing to fully reopen this summer. Yesterday, Six Flags Great Adventure debuted the world's tallest roller coaster. After announcing the ride before the pandemic started, the park was finally able to put riders on the coaster yesterday. The ride hit speeds of nearly 60 miles per hour and stretches for nearly 3,000 feet. Fox News previously reported that the plans for the ride were first announced in August of 2019, though the attraction's scheduled opening for summer of 2020 was delayed because some parts were not able to be produced due to the coronavirus pandemic. While the final piece of Orange Track was laid into place in January, of this year. There was still more work to be done before the Jersey Devil could open to the public. At the time of the report, uh, the link, uh, a link lift ride station, ride controls, and train cars still needed to be installed, plus testing and inspections, of course. According to the park's website, the coaster named Jersey Devil is described as the world's tallest, fastest, and longest single rail coaster with a maximum speed of 58 miles per hour and a 130-foot drop, towering 13 stories high. Okay. The coaster takes riders over 3,000 miles of Track. All right, it's not taller than King Ka. No, it's the tallest single rail coaster. Yes, okay, yes, I gotcha. All right. it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's like the tallest in the world. Yeah, gotcha. yeah King Ka is awesome. This looks pretty uh, badass though, as well. Yeah, those I, I like the single rails are pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, when they do those drops, though, I mean, I think that's that's the worst. <laughs> is that part kill you? Yeah, oh, that's the, that's I mean, the best. No, I know it's the yeah. best, but it's just like whenever like what is it? It's a hundred and thirty foot drop. Like, oh my god! I think you have a love hate relationship with yeah, coasters, yeah, Kathy. Totally. I, and I love going on coasters with you. I've done it a few times. Oh, it's great. It's so fun to see how much you hate it while we're doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Why do you do it to yourself? But you're, I still you're get a masochist. On and go. Yeah, yeah, you still do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you used exactly. to have this great picture over here, Casey. I don't. I forgot which theme park. It might have been a great adventure, and, and Kathy just I think it was. with this look uh, of absolute terror. terror on her yeah, face. It might have been King uh, Dakar. Uh, Sky Rush. Was it on Sky, Sky Rush? Rush? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is one from Sky Rush, but there is one from from Six Lives from years ago. Yeah, we're having a seizure. A long, yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago, and I was holding on so tight, like yeah. I looked like I had the greatest biceps ever. <laughs> you know what has a, a really good one, Preston? Is the the Hulk ride at Universal? 
because that after you go over that that first pinnacle down, yeah. it sort of tilts back in, bends back in. Okay, so you look like you're in a bit of free fall. It is. It would kill you. <laughs> You'd crap yourself. There's one at, at Hershey Park, and I think it's called 96 Degrees or oh, something right. like that. And it actually it bends, it in. bends in. Yeah, it goes down. Yeah, it goes at such a, a steep angle. It's crazy. But I, I love it, and it's season, man. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's time for the adventure. Part. Never lose. You just never lose that that love of roller yeah. coasters. Yeah. Fun. All right, let's do sports this morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ball sacks are yummy. The Phillies beat the Yankees in their quick weekend series hey, yesterday nice. afternoon at the ballpark, winning 7 nothing and completing a two-game sweep. They did it! Aaron Nola threw, threw seven and two-thirds shutout innings, and the Phillies had 12 hits to win their fourth straight and move a game over 500. They did it! The Phillies now hit the road for a six-game road trip through California and will play the Dodgers tonight in L.A. Spencer Howard will get the start, and the first pitch is scheduled for 10-10. The Sixers return to the court tonight with Game 4 in Atlanta against the Hawks. The Sixers won Game 3 on Friday and will look to go up three games to one. Tip-off is scheduled for 7-30. Yesterday in the NBA, the Bucks beat the Brooklyn Nets in Milwaukee, winning 107-96 and evening the series up at two games apiece. In the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns beat the Nuggets in Denver, winning 125-118 and completing the four-game sweep to advance to the conference finals. And in soccer news, Denmark midfielder Christian Eric Erickson was gone before he was resuscitated after suffering a cardiac arrest, the team's doctor said at a news conference yesterday. Erickson, who is 29 years old, was in stable condition at a hospital in Copenhagen on Saturday after he collapsed on the pitch during Denmark's Euro 2020 opener against Finland. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, correction, Nick pulled this up. The Hershey Park roller coaster is called Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit. not Fahrenheit. 96 yeah. degrees. I don't know where the hell I got that from. It's your favorite boy band. Uh, that's 98 degrees. Uh, Thank you very much. All right, so anyway, uh, welcome back from the weekend. Uh, the work week begins. We have a new Word of the Week prize. going to give away another $350 gift card from our friend Bob Dodge's Red Sparrow Tattoo and Gallery in Downingtown or the all-new Runic Tattoos in Newtown Square. And you can visit BobDodgeTattoos.com to check out the handiwork, but he's unbelievable. He's incredible. amazing. Uh, so we'll give that away uh, so you get yourself some fresh, awesome ink. Uh, as far as guests go, today is a milestone. It's the first time we've had an in-studio guest since the pandemic. Yeah. And we have protocols in place, and we will have Candace Bushnell in the studio. She wrote Sex in the City. She's a creator. Absolutely. Yeah. So she is stopping by, and also uh, Alex Frazier, who's the producing director of a show that is called Is There Still Sex in the City, starring Candace at the Bucks County Playhouse. And uh, that'll begin on the 22nd and go through July 18th. So, Candace will be our first guest. The world premiere right here at uh, at the Bucks County Playhouse because they're the ones that offered to put the production on. Okay. And so, it's a one-woman show. And it's cool. This will be the launch place right here. So, uh, we'll talk to Candace for Sex in the City fans later <laughs> on this morning. Uh, we are also going to have uh, our friend Guy Tirano, uh, Tr- Triano yeah. uh, from the Red Cross uh, because it is the push for... The I Believe the President's Day Blood Drive. It says Friday. This Friday. And there is a deadline for you to get signed up because there are no walk-ups for this event. And so we'll get Guy on and we'll find out all the details you need to know. If you need to know them right now and you're not going to be able to listen when he's going to be on around 8, 
You can go to PrestonandSteve.com and get the information, but we will be in attendance in two different locations, in Oaks at the Convention Center and also at the Live Casino. First time we'll be at that facility. Looking and forward to it. For this event. So we will uh, have you uh, get signed up if you can and join us, please. It's uh, guaranteed to uh, be something that people in this area absolutely positively will need and you will be saving lives. So... Uh, these things and more are taking place. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. The Entertainment Report awaits you. Uh, some interesting stories. Unfortunately, the death of a legend to mention in the world of acting. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let me see. I'm looking for a stupid question. Uh, by the way, we're going to give away as a prize a $150 Fogo to Show gift card. Nice. Yeah, that's a sweet deal. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> let's go with this one. Uh, Jamaica. This is a simple one. What's the capital of Jamaica? All right. All right. Very, very easy. We don't do the capital questions that often. 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. The capital of Jamaica, kind of handing you that one today. Uh, today is Monday, June 14th. I will go through some birthdays today. Uh, we'll start with this one. Is it the United States Army's birthday today? It Nick? is indeed. Yeah, I meant oh. to bring this up in the uh, commercial break, but they turned 246 years old today. Yay. U.S. Army. 246 years old. So thank you, members of the United States Army. Uh, you also celebrated birthday uh, with a few people. We'll start with the world of music. Um... <laughs> yeah! The Army's official theme. As the caissons go rolling along. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to start with this gentleman by the name of Rod Argent. He was in the band Zombies. He also started the band Argent, who had a couple of hits here and there. He is 76 years old today. Uh, drummer Alan White, who played with the likes of Yes and also John Lennon, mm. is uh, 72 today. Not familiar with him. Uh, Alan White? Yeah. Yeah. In uh, So, Yes, 90210. Yeah. That, oh, that, that time. Or okay. 90125. Yeah, he was Luke Perry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 90125. He was that era of yeah. Yes. Uh, and he did some other progressive uh, bands as well. Uh, so he is 72. Then you have Marla Gibbs. Oh, yay! Florence from yes. the Jeffersons. Well, we're moving on and she turns 90 years old Whoa, today. really? Wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. You know, the thing with Marla Gibbs' character is that on the Jeffersons, she was kind of the, the goofy comic relief. Yeah. But on 227, she was the more had-it-together woman. Correct. Yeah. And she... She had it going on. I did not even catch it when they did the uh, the live uh, Jeffersons right. and All in the Family that she made a cameo. Yes, yeah. That, I didn't is... see that either, but I heard it was oh, great. Wait a minute. Was she in... She was in something else. Was she in Breaking Bad? 
I don't know. Take a look. Look up. I, w- yeah. I want to. S- I, I want- know Jack A was. No, I think I think she had a small role in Breaking Bad. Really? You remember the guy that worked at the vacuum store? Yes, that's it. It was right. Yeah. No. So it wasn't Breaking Bad. It was um, El Camino. Oh, El Camino. El Camino. Yeah. The, the movie. The follow up to that. I knew she was tied wow. to that universe somehow or another. Dude, she's okay. still working. She's she she did El Camino. Then she did a, a show called Big Shot. She, Young Sheldon, Steve. She was on that. And oh, then what? The- that's right. She has a few episodes of uh, of other things coming out. So at ninety, she's still going strong. Isn't she on Breaking Jack? Hey, uh, no. Me, I'm a meth dealer. Uh, that good for her, man. That's excellent. At ninety, yeah, ninety years old. We should today. all be so lucky. Uh, it's Boy George's birthday. Oh my God! Uh, it's a big birthday for him as well. Uh, Boy, George, Boy George turned sixty today. Let me get a biopic yeah. of the, uh, the band. I, I'm curious to see that. I think it's great. Uh, uh, and you know what? I I always had a soft spot in my heart Culture for Culture Club. Club. Yeah. Yep. They were Absolutely. Just, they were of that '80s pantheon of bands that had their own sound. And uh, you know, he's a great singer and obviously a really charismatic front person. So sixty years old today, Boy George. Although the funniest thing was when he got, I forgot what he got buzzed for, cocaine, I think. Something, yeah, yeah. And he had to do his community service, and they had a picture of him out with a broom or a mop doing janitorial work, and he was taking a smoke break, and it just... Just looked like any mook. Did not look like Boy George. Wow. Uh, Yasmeen Bleed. Oh, boy. Has a birthday today. She's another one that they like to post pictures of, of, of what they look like now. Yeah, on the clickbait things that you'll see on websites. Totally. Yasmeen Bleed pops up quite a lot. The most unflattering photo you could ever imagine of someone, plus on the fact that she's put on a bunch of weight. She was a knockout. Oh, for, my God. For decades. Stunning. Uh, just amazing. Oh, wow. She came from soap operas. Uh, into Baywatch yep. and into Dunkin' Donuts now. Uh, she's yep. uh, 53 today. Happy birthday, Yasmin Bleef. Uh It is Steffi Graf's mm. birthday, the tennis star, wife of Andre Agassi. Uh, she is 52. Uh, Steve, Eddie Mecca. Oh, my God. We've had we the Big Ragu. Yeah, he was the yeah. Big Ragu, Carmine Ragusa. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had him on one time. He was a super nice guy. I he, think he was appearing at the Bucks County Playhouse. I think he was. Yeah. Do you remember whenever he'd appear on the show, what he would sing? Yeah. They, I always go from rags to riches. Uh, I like great his, actor. I liked his character on uh, Laverne and Shirley. He's the Pacino of Laverne and Shirley. He's 69 today. <laughs> Uh, Eric Hyden, you remember him? Yes, yeah. he was uh, he was a stud in the Olympics. Man, he was a speed skater. Nobody could touch him. No, uh, no. He's uh, sixty three today. Uh, then you have uh, Diablo Cody, who's been in our very studio. <laughs> One of our big missteps was yeah. with Diablo Cody. This is from Juno, the movie. That's all I got for her. Okay. Yeah, she was. Uh, we we were fascinated by the fact she was a former stripper and had written about it and had written yeah. about it and she wrote Juno as well yeah. but she is you know an incredibly talented writer so much more yeah uh, she is uh, forty three that's when we started doing more intense research huh. and then the last birthday we have what is, is what I, I just I didn't this know where that effing sound was coming from <laughs> <laughs> where's that effing sound coming from uh, Lucy where's Hale. That- Sound coming from? Oh, thank you, Nick. Pulled one up. Uh, Lucy There's Hale has, on here. has a birthday today. The actress is 32. Uh, and then, uh, thank you, uh, an actor by the name of Will Patton. You yes. love him, right, because of his audiobooks? He, He's great. He does a, a large amount of Stephen King audiobooks. He does narrates he? him, and he is absolutely fantastic. Now, the one that really blew me away 
is uh, Jack Kerouac's on the road. He he did the mm. the audio book. Oh, that'd he be awesome. Is, his his passion and delivery and taking on characters and the variety of voices that he can uh, he can you know just bring out of himself is incredibly impressive. And if you don't know the name Will Patton, you do like, know him. Yeah, you know him. So in the uh, in um, uh, uh, the Titans, uh, what was the remember the, the Titans? Remember the Titans. He's the assistant coach that works with uh, with Denzel Washington. Uh, in the Postman, he's the evil guy. He's uh, Bethlehem Armageddon. He's the guy yes. whose divorced wife comes back at the end, and all this stuff. So is he and in, this sort of thing? Is he in No Way Out? Yep. Is he, I think he, he is, is in yeah. No Way yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, he played a really weird character in that movie too. So great actor and uh, wonderful. If you ever get an audio book with him narrating, you will know he does a great job. So happy birthday, Will Patton. I'd love to get him on the show sometime. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question: What's the capital of Jamaica? Pretty simple. And I will go to Cindy. And see if we can find an answer for her. I feel like calling her name. Cindy! There it is. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. That always wakes me up. I Excellent. love that. Uh, Cindy, you. what is the capital of Jamaica, please? Kingston. That is right. All right, Cindy. One more. Hang on a second. Cindy, we are going to set you up with a $150 Fogata Show gift card. <laughs> Try the new bone-in ribeye, premium cut included as a part of Fogo's full uh, churrasco service. Is that how you say it? Churrasco. Well, uh, that works for me. Uh, you can welcome to what is the next at Fogo to Show, and you can make reservations for Fogo in Center City and King of Prussia at Fogo.com. Cindy. Um, at the box office. That was for Cindy. Cindy. Cindy, okay. Yeah. Cindy! Oh, it wasn't for Bobby? No. Bobby! <laughs> at the box office, A Quiet Place 2 uh, came in at number one with 11.7, and it actually was a bit of a um, uh, of a letdown for In the Heights. Everybody was expecting that for be- to be really, really big at the box office, and it kind of fizzled. Uh, but it was also on... Um, streaming. Yeah, HBO streaming Max. on HBO Max. So I, I watched I the opening Max. 10 oh, minutes yeah, of it. me too. Yeah. I was going to watch the whole thing, yeah. but then family uh, right. came over to the house, and I was going to put it off till later. It looked like it was going to be good. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to complete it. Yeah. It looks great. It looks like it's full of energy. I, I love everybody behind it. How about Jimmy Smith showing up he's in the awesome. beginning? Yeah, he's great. Too. That was yeah. cool, man. Uh, so, you know, they, they gave him his... They finally Because of this movie, they finally gave him his uh, star on the Walk of Fame. Oh, because yeah, of this Jimmy movie? Spence, yeah. Uh, so second, that was second, followed by Peter Rabbit two, uh, The Conjuring, uh, <clears throat> The Devil Made Me Do It was fourth, uh, followed by Cruella, Spirit Untamed, Spirit, uh, House Next Door, Wrath of Man, Queen Bees, and Spiral. Did Cruella open this weekend? No, no. Uh, last weekend. Okay, all right. Oh uh, uh, no, the weekend before. Anybody yeah. heard about that yet? Uh, yeah, yes, my, my family saw it. Okay, uh, they really enjoyed it. All right, yeah. everyone I know who's seen it really likes it. It's a good building story. Fair enough. All right, let me go through <laughs> some entertainment stories here for you. We'll begin with Angelina Jolie. Uh, she sparked some romance rumors Ooh. with her ex, Johnny Lee Miller, after she was seen leaving her British ex-husband's apartment on Friday carrying her Louis Vuitton purse and a bottle of Peter Michael wine. Peter uh, Michael wine? Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Uh, she arrived at his home alone without a bodyguard. Uh, Miller and Jolie were married in 1996, and she had used her blood to write his name on the back of a white shirt that she borrowed from him for the wedding. He wrote that, the blood again. Yeah, she I was a big fan of that. 
They separated the next year. Well, she had switched from poop, so that was a step up. Oh. Uh, according to the Mirror, uh, Johnny, she said, uh, she once told the Calgary Sun in an interview, uh, Johnny and I never fought. We never hurt each other. I really wanted to be his wife. I really wanted to commit. And in a 2004 interview, uh. Jolie reportedly said divorcing Miller was probably the dumbest thing I've ever done. So the one that got away, what, what films... Had she done at this point? Is this is this around the time of uh, Hackers? So it was nineteen ninety six. You'd have to look up her IMDb because I do not know. I know she and Billy Bob Thornton met on Pushing Tin. I right, think that's where they got a... together because she married him. Right, uh, afterwards, and then Brad Pitt after that. So it would have been. That's a good question, Steve. I'm not really sure. That'd be kind of wild to be the guy that Angelina Jolie pines for, Preston. Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, maybe the Bone Collector. She had done Gia at that point, Hell's Kitchen, Pushing Tins, uh, like you said. She Hackers. hadn't. Yeah, Bone Collector came out in '99 as they were probably uh, separating. So, okay. she, like, she, her, her star had not quite hit yet, even though she had done some work. Do you notice we're finding a lot of this now? These high-powered uh, women are going back to X Flames instead of, you know, trying to foster new relationships like huh. uh, J Lo. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. I got a little update on that coming up. Uh, speaking of uh, Brad Pitt, though, Jolie is reportedly appealing a tentative ruling granting Pitt increasing custody, uh, uh, increased custody of their six children. So pitted. Since their tentative custody ruling was made, she had filed for an appeal. Uh, the couple has a court date set for July 9th. The case will be presented to a three-judge panel. So the big point of contention is that they have 50-50 custody now, right? And she didn't want that. Yeah, yeah. So Pitt was uh, given increased access to their five minor children, but Maddox, who is 19, no longer uh, subject to rulings on custody, so he can do whatever he wants, and I don't think he wants to see Brad right now. That's, That's the word. I understand, yeah. Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker have largely kept their romance under wraps, but the model and NBA player went public over the weekend in celebration of their one-year anniversary. Yay. Oh, wait. She's, she's dating a basketball, basketball player? Yeah, that is so weird. She just wanted to kind of change things up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Jenner shared snuggly shots of them together on social media. Snuggly. At snuggly. this point, you got to imagine her three-pointer is pretty good, right? <laughs> and the Phoenix, Sun, the Phoenix Suns guard shared his own shots, captioning one 365 oh. and another 5-2 for the number of days and weeks in a year. God, that's so romantic. That romantic. <laughs> Terrible. It's so romantic. Wait, three, six, five. I think they're going to go. Two. Yeah. Was five I think, two I think he thinks weeks. that's pie. Oh, 52 50. weeks. Okay. 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 Uh, Kylie Jenner, meanwhile, is uh, having a very different week than Kendall is. TMZ reports an intruder refused to leave her home until he could declare his love for her. I love you. He was arrested. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. Her security team reported, Go! I love you. reportedly knew him well. You uh, know me well. Well, he usually left when they told him to this time. Not this time. It was different. It's different. The team detained him until police arrived and booked him for trespassing. We could be something special. Uh, this is just the latest frightening encounter for the Kardashian-Jenner clan. Kim. I love you. Kylie and Kendall have all recently had to get a temporary restraining order against men who show up at their homes uninvited and refuse to leave. So this just, this happens. Come out of the bathroom. I love you. This happens huh? all the time with these Yeah, it's men. crazy. And I have to say, judging by this collection of stories, 
Uh, you could go out to California and make a killing in private security because they're just not getting it done. Yeah, well, the security took the, this guy away. So, but uh, how does he get there in the first place? I don't know how he got. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he was inside or just outside. I don't know what the story was on that, but but you know he got close enough. He yet. wasn't crapping in the koi pond, is what you're saying, right? Okay. That's no, there's only that's one guy. That's real love. There's only that's one. Guy. Show it with respect. You pick an appropriate place to defecate. You pig. You're leaving a part of you for her. Yeah, that's it. Yes, it's it's a sacrifice. I get it. I'm only naming blood on your garage door. (laughs) I was very faint by the end of it. Was it your blood? We'll discuss that later. All right, on to other uh, relationship stories. Liam Hemsworth and his long-term girlfriend are making things publicly official. Uh, The pair attended the Gold Dinner 2021 in Australia together on Friday with Liam's brother, Chris Hemsworth, and his wife, Elsa. Man, Uh, a bunch of good-looking dudes. Yeah, Liam shared uh, pictures of the evening on Instagram uh, with one showing the couples uh, posing alongside Matt Damon's wife, Luciana Barroso. Uh, so they were apparently Matt Damon altogether. Matt so was does, not there. Does Damon live now in uh, Australia? I think he keeps a home there, right? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think was... that's that's the trendy place to go to. Uh, Chris a... Chris Hemsworth wished uh, Chris uh, uh, Evans a happy birthday over yeah. the weekend. And it was hilarious because he he put up a picture of Chris Pratt and he's like Chris Evans oh. happy birthday. I love it. I love you so much. Oh, it was so great. That's a great. But, game. You know what was great about it? I was I was like okay. Is it actually Chris Evans' birthday, or is it Chris Pratt's birthday, and he just called Chris Pratt Chris ah, Evans? Okay. It was Chris Evans' birthday. Okay. He turned 40. Confusion. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Liam had written in the post, Fantastic night raising much-needed funds and awareness for one of the most important and challenging issues, children's <laughs> mental health. Thank you uh, to the group for hosting the event and all you do for the Sydney Children's Hospital. Do you just leave and Chris Hemsworth shows up if you're, if you're a dude at a place? I mean, by comparison... You're just going to fail, right? No one can yeah. compare. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, the guy is literally Thor. I'm just yeah. going to leave now. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go. Yep. All right, so uh, I wanted to get some of those uh, lighter stories out of the way and then uh, pass along the bad news that actor Ned Beatty uh, passed away uh, over the weekend. He was 80, 83 years old. He died uh, yesterday of natural causes at his Los Angeles home. His feature film debut was Deliverance. That was his first movie. It's, and it's so obviously everyone knows about the, um, you know, the, the hillbilly rape and, and the whole thing that's part of that. But that movie is a staggering masterpiece. If you've never seen it, it's still Burt Reynolds' greatest movie role. And it's John Voight, and it's just amazing, and it haunts you, and it lives with you. And it's it just it fires on all shots. It's brilliant. Uh, a few other notable roles, uh, All the President's Men, uh, Superman, and Superman 2. Uh, he was in, also uh, on television, NBC's Homicide Life on the Streets. He was yeah. uh, Detective uh, Stanley, the big man, Bolander. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Burt Reynolds. They were in a number of movies yeah. together. They, they were, were friends. White Lightning, Gator, WW and the Dixie, Dance Kings. Uh, they also worked together on Stroker Ace and Switching Channels. So they had a, a long history working together. Uh, we have a couple of clips if you want to go through them, yeah. Preston. All right, so we, you know, obviously he could do comedy as well. And Dean Martin. Dean Martin, back to school. That's right. One of the best. Here we go. I think Mr. Mellon should be expelled. <laughs> What are you going to do about it? Well, Thornton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. 
Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> I'm outraged. Well, gee whiz, Phil, I just asked the man to work with this. He said yes. Now, what do you want me to do, torture him? <laughs> I love him in that role. He's great. Oh, there's, uh, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, they're dedicating the new building that, that Thornton had paid for, and... Yeah. Um, you know the the other Philip is is obviously pissed off about yeah. the whole thing, and and he just Ned Beatty goes, I don't think he knows the amount that we're talking about here. <laughs> He's just so great in that yeah. role. Uh, but he was an outstanding actor who could do comedy, who could do drama, who could do all kinds of stuff. I think so. He won an Oscar for his performance in uh, Network, and we have a clip of him as the corporate head explaining uh, to the newscaster. If you're familiar with the movie. Why what he does, um, he shouldn't meddle with, well, you listen, he'll explain in the clip. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you merely stopped a business deal. That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. So he was, so he was nominated for an Oscar for that, and he apparently, from what I read, he he only did one day of shooting, and he is on screen for less than six minutes. Yeah, so, but he made that much of an impact that he was nominated for that. The scene is great. I think it's Albert Finney. If um, I don't know why I'm having a brain fart, but he's sitting at the end of the table, and he's uh, Norman Beale. He's the uh, the anchor who has just gone nuts. He's had a mental breakdown on air. And what he's saying, though, is making great sense to people. And so it's working until he turns his focus on the corporation that owns the the, um, the network. Mm-hmm. And that's when <laughs> Ned Beatty steps in. Uh, you want to play a clip from Deliverance? Yes, uh, sure. This is the great. Uh, is this, which scene is this? This is, well, you, here. here right. the, uh, now let's you just drop them pants. <laughs> drop? Just take them right off. I, I mean, what's this all about? Don't say anything, just do it. Just drop them, boy. That is a tough scene to watch, man. It's brutal. But he's, listen, that's, imagine if you're an actor and you're called upon to do that. But he, he, you know, his, he becomes, by the way, by the end of the movie, this guy who's really sort of soft. He's, you know, and he's he's violated this way. He becomes the, the more reliable of the group of guys. It's amazing. Uh, two more relatively recent movies. I really liked him in uh, Charlie Wilson's War. He played yeah. a, a senator or congressman who ended up going overseas with Tom Hanks' character. And then he was Lotso in um, Toy yeah. Story 3. We have a clip of that. Let's uh, let's play that. Lotso was the, uh, the bear. Uh, and here we go. She replaced us. Come on. No, she only replaced you. She replaced all of us. Didn't she? <laughs> she don't love you no more. Now, come on! That's such a great movie. It's excellent. And, of course, Preston, we quote it all the time, mm-hmm. Otis from Superman. All right, here we go. Costa del Ex, Lutherville. Yes. Marina del Ex, Otisburg. <laughs> Otisburg? Otisburg. <laughs> Who's Tess Matrick? She's got her own place. Man. Otisburg? It's a little bitty place. <laughs> Otisburg? Okay, I just... 
Wipe it off. That's all. I love that. Otis Uh Survivors include his fourth wife, uh, Sandy, and children, Blossom, Doug, twins, Charlie's, uh, Charles and Lennis, uh, Wally, John, Thomas, and Dorothy. Wow. So he had a, he had a big family with a few different ladies. A ton of career. Listen, a long career working right up to the end. It was great. Yep. Great, so you know, sad news. great body of work. Ned Beatty. All right, on to a few other things. Uh, let's go with this. The Queen of England. Let's go with All the right, Queen. Uh, she insisted on using a ceremonial sword <laughs> was cool. to cut a cake during a royal engagement, making uh, the Kate and Camilla, making Kate and Camilla burst out laughing. They were there. Uh, the 95-year-old monarch carried out a rare joint engagement with the Duchess of Cambridge and Cornwall at uh, the Eden Project in Cornwall. Uh, the three most senior royal women attended the event in celebration of the Big Lunch, which will form part of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations in 2022. We have audio of her cutting the cake, Preston. Okay. Ah! Oops. Oh. She slipped. <laughs> uh, the Queen was presented with a large cake and was handed a sword by Edward Bolitho, the Lord Lieutenant of Cornwall. Uh, when the uh, told by an aide that there was a conventional knife available, the Queen replied, I know there is. This is more unusual. You can take that knife and stick it up your ass. <laughs> the Duchess of Cornwall commented, that's slicing through, before assisting with the final part of cutting the cake, which was loudly applauded by those at the event. After handing the ceremonial sword back, the queen used a knife to cut a second slice of cake and remarked, that looks very good. Earlier, the queen had hosted an open-air reception for G Summit, uh, G7 leaders at the Eden Project and was joined by the Prince of Wales, Duchess of Cornwall, and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. But she thought it was quite a spot of fun. It was Jesus. quite a spot of fun. Yeah. She always has a huge pocketbook with her. Have you noticed that? Yeah. A ton of stuff. I wonder what she's <clears throat> carrying around in there. Curling irons and little I mean, stuff. Someone could carry something for her. The uh, hoagie. But she, uh, she likes to carry a hoagie around. <laughs> Uh, 46-year-old Ryan Seacrest is getting close with 23-year-old Instagram model Aubrey Page. Really? reports, yeah. Ah. Uh, the pair were photographed together at a heliport on the West Side Highway on their way home from the Hamptons. Would you like to go to a heliport? I would like to go to a heliport. Uh, source said, Ryan has met Aubrey's family. They think he's a wonderful guy. And he's rich. Uh, they and the pair are very happy together and doing great. The insider explains, noting that the pair are keeping their relationship very private. Observers say the relationship has been going on for a few months at least, with Paige apparently posting shots from his backyard in Beverly Hills. What's the age spread there? Do we know? Uh, she's 23 and he's 46. Okay, so that's that's about right. Yep, doubled she, it. Yeah. Recently made her Instagram private, but he is one of her almost 50,000 followers. Uh-huh. Uh, Seacrest split from uh, Shayna Taylor last year. She's alive in. After dating on and off for seven years, by the way. 23 and 46. Yes. There's a lot of perks to being rich, but I think having a helipad and access to a helicopter might rank near the top for me. Like, mm. you know, like avoiding traffic, you know, going on the beach, that kind of a thing. Like, How about access to an Instagram model, too? That's pretty good. All right, number two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Helicopter number yeah. one. Instagram and a 23 year old Instagram model. Uh, yeah. Yes, to be able to get where you want to be very, yeah. very quickly is pretty nice. I need to get to my Instagram model. Can I have, <laughs> I'd like to hire a helicopter, Quick, please? To the chopper. Yes. Yeah. Quick. Get to the chopper. <laughs> my Instagram model. This is all the thing with the social media. And the- Oh, my God. Look at this picture of her, though. She looks like a kid. Wow. Yeah. Well, she is a kid. Yeah. Well, she's 23. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Uh, that's happening. Um, how about this? In a conversation with Nicole Kidman, Chris Rock revealed that he has fired staffers for not listening to women. He said, I've always, I've just always been around powerful women. He said, even in comedy, the clubs are run by women. Comedy store uh, was at Mitzi Shore in yep. L.A. The most powerful woman in New York was Silver Friedman. Uh, and he adds, everybody talks about how stand-up is a boys' club, but stand-up's been run by a lot of women for a lot of years. So he is saying that if you uh, throw some disrespect, he will, uh, he will let you go. Uh, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are continuing their renewed romance in Los Angeles. It's beautiful. After a brief time apart, uh, Ben reportedly hung with Jen's mom, Guadalupe, on the set of a new film project. Uh, according to an insider who tells People Magazine in the past, Jennifer's mom and Ben were very close. Guadalupe loved Ben. Uh, she was sad when they couldn't work things out years ago. Do you I, think... She's thrilled that they're back together now. They're going to take this opportunity to finally do Gili the right way? Oh. They could. Yeah. They, uh, to they correct could. what was done wrong the first time? Anybody ever... I never saw it. I did. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Was it as bad as people made it no, out to be? No, okay. no, no. There's far worse. Except because both their careers were on fire at the time, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't a good movie. People were expecting big things. Everything, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. wasn't that. Okay. Uh, HBO has greenlit Love Has Won, a, a new docu-series. <laughs> this should be interesting, about Amy Carlson and her followers in what many say is a cult. This is the woman, remember they found her mummified body recently? Yes, they did. So Hannah Olson will direct. Followers had believed that Carlson was a divine 19-billion-year-old being who had created the world. So, and w- I get it. Were there some holes in that story? Yeah, well, apparently there's some drama. And, okay. You know, there's enough worth covering, but... Only 18 billion. It's funny. I, I watched... Uh, I did a couple of, uh, you know, found a few videos of her and her followers, and she was insane. She yeah. She was flat-out insane. She was, she was drunk most of the time. <laughs> Yet, that's how you come up with a story like yet that. Yet convinced yeah. these people that she was this creature, this this whatever, this entity that had lived for this long, created the world, and it was just, I don't know how people fall into Guess that. Guess who's 19 billion? <laughs> this girl. That's right. Uh, her mummified remains were found on April 28th. She was 45 at the time of her death. Well, it clearly didn't work out in the end. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's group effort initiative merged with L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti's Evolve Entertainment Fund, creating a new organization with the goal of creating more Hollywood jobs, training and mentorships to uh, underserved communities as well. Uh, According to The Hollywood Reporter, Evolve has partnered with 152 entertainment companies as well as 28 community and educational organizations directly facilitating 559 paid internships and 65 full-time jobs with leading companies such as Netflix, WME, and Disney's ABC Entertainment. So their brand is growing. Listen, internships are some of the best ways to get into an industry. Oh, most definitely. Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for internships. And most of us wouldn't be, actually. All right, and then one last story. Uh, Judge Judy ended her long-running series earlier this year, but her attempts to end a $5 million suit filed against her and CBS over profits of the sale of her show's library were unsuccessful on Friday, as of Friday, that is. Uh, August Rebel Entertainment Partners has sued the judge, a division of Viacom CBS, for millions over the $95 million sale of Judge Judy's library a few years ago. How many episodes in that library do they say? Good question. I um, mean, because she was, <laughs> it was Monday through Friday, 
over the course of years. Yeah, like so I pulled up. Years. I pulled up the Instagram. I mean, the uh, Wikipedia page as you were as you were asking the question. Uh, Twenty five seasons. 6,280 episodes. <laughs> and, and none of those are really wow. like what you would call time-sensitive. Right. Yeah. None of them would have seen, would seem anachronistic. They're all the same standard stuff. His dog crapped on my... <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Yep. The same sort of stuff. Setting yeah, the legal can, precedent. Yeah. It can live on. Yeah. You, you, can, you can have that run forever. It doesn't matter. Uh, so Judge Judy told Deadline, Richard Lawrence has garnered $22-plus million, although I have seen him only once in an elevator since our program began 25 years ago. She said, I look forward to a trial. She could eat $5 million. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Yeah, wonderful. it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a principal thing for yeah, her, sure. probably. So. All right, and then we're ready for clips, so let's get to them. In the new series, The Republic of Sarah, a New England town is threatened by a greedy mining company. And star Stella Baker's character, Sarah, uses an obscure legal loophole to declare independence. Here, Baker talks about the conversations they hope this show will start. I don't know that there is, like, one particular message Mm -hmm. that is trying to be sent except the value of community and the value of um, protecting the people who you care about, who are close to you, your neighbor, and also the power of community, the power of of civic engagement. And I think that's really the takeaway. Hey, Stella! I was hoping you were going to play that. (laughs) Uh, The Republic of Sarah premieres tonight, 9 o'clock. That's on the CW. Here's the next one. In fatherhood, Kevin Hart plays a single dad raising a daughter on his own after his wife unexpectedly dies giving birth. And in this clip, Hart talks about what it means to have former President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama's Higher Ground Productions presenting the film. Here we go. When talking to the Obamas, they saw the same things that I saw in the material. Uh, it was a great opportunity to change the narrative. It, I mean, it was basically about, you know, the opportunity to change the stereotype that exists when talking about a black man as a father. Yeah! Is this going to be a, um, a straight-up straight drama? Yeah. Okay. A, a little bit of comedy, but the, the, he is definitely... This is his first real. Well, no, he did the Brian Cranston movie. He did the Brian Cranston movie, which which was okay. Yeah, but he was really good in delivering a more dramatic role. I, I don't thought. think he's going to have any problem. No, I don't going, think so either. You know, yeah, uh, full but, drama to, to paraphrase Zoolander. He is doing. He did this movie with John Travolta. That is on the Roku channel right now. Okay. Have you guys seen any of this? No. It's weird. Is this because... he's trying to become an action star? Yes. That comes from um, that comes from a series that was on. Was it Quibi? Quibi? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's on the Roku channel now, and and it's weird because it's in these little five minute chunks. Right. That was the whole premise because Quibi was like you know five right. ten minute episodes. I don't like it. This yeah. is the Die Hard one. Right. Uh, that's what it's called. That's it. Die Hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fatherhood, by the way, will be available this Friday on Netflix if you do want to check that out. And there you go. That's our entertainment report for today. Um, we are breaking a 465-day streak today. We're going to have an in-studio guest for the first time in 465 days. How amazing. Yeah, and this is uh, Candace Bushnell. She's the creator of Sex in the City. She apparently heard that we are, of course, fashion plates, mm. and we are out and about. We are basically, I would say, though she probably would admit it, the inspiration for a lot of the Sex and the City characters. Yeah, you know, she doesn't have to admit it. It's okay. We know what we know. I'm a Carrie. Uh, and so we will have her in this morning. She's doing a one-woman show, and it is called Is There Still Sex in the City? 
Uh, Bucks County Playhouse starts on the 22nd and goes through uh, mid-July. So she's stopping by today around 9 o'clock. Should be cool to have somebody back in the studio. We're going to take a break. Come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us for the course of this Monday morning. We will be right back. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's band is Goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. I I noticed a couple things, but before we do that, (laughs) before we do that, I wanted to read this email. All right. Um, I, this is sad news, but a very sweet email from a guy named Kevin Breen. And the subject line is the passing of a legend. And he writes, I'm not sure if this will hit the right person's hands. However, I thought if I didn't try, I'd be doing my grandmom a disservice. 10 years ago, I signed my grandmother up (laughs) for Preston and Steve's Granny Grand Prix. I had the honor of saying that the year that she competed, uh, she came out victorious at the moment. It didn't seem like that big of a deal, except it was. I know over the past few days since her passing, it must have been referenced 300 times oh. by members of my family as wow. one of the greatest moments of her life. I can still remember gathering in Oaks as a large crowd wearing T-shirts uh, that one of my aunts had made in order to support my grandmother and her racing of go-karts. The trophy that she won will always be a family heirloom and something we will treasure for quite some time. So in closing, I'm sure you get a lot, but it's something that I feel I had to say. Thank you for what you do and for providing myself and family an opportunity to look back on my grandmom's life fondly. And he writes, hopefully, Joan of Cart is up there now, (laughs) knocking over cardboard cutouts and cutting off the other grandmoms. You guys rock. And that is from Kevin Breen. Oh, so, that's awesome. Sad to hear that Joan of Cart passed, but happy that she had a great time at that event and the family loved it, you know? Uh, I love it. And, and listen, we love doing that event. Uh, it sounds like that was one of the years that we had things like um, like a woman pushing a stroller cut out on the track. Mm-hmm. Remember those mm-hmm. things you had to avoid? Yeah. Uh, but man, what a what a blast those things were. Yeah, so I guess that was around 2011. If he said 10 years ago, that's, uh, wow. that's when we would have done it. So. Uh, and back when we were at uh, at Arnold's, yeah, uh, yeah. doing it there, oh, so yeah. that would have been in the. He said 2010 in the email. He said 10 years ago. I thought he said 2010. Uh, no, it says here uh, 10 years ago. I signed my grandmother up for the press. Oh, okay, we're Grand watching Park, a so. video from 2010. My bad. Okay, um, so oh, that's sad news, but nonetheless, uh, I'm glad we gave her something, and she she gave us far more in return because yeah. I, I remember looking at the video and stuff. She's very enthusiastic. The, Everyone, they were all awesome. Yeah. There was never, we didn't have one senior uh, or, or participant who had qualify as a stinker. They were all amazing. The best part, uh, besides watching them race, was watching all the family members get yeah. excited Go about, nuts. Uh, about their uh, their grandmother and eventually uh. their grandfather as well. Because we did that, we did the Granny Grand Prix, the, we did the Granny Grampy Grand Prix, we did a few <laughs> different versions of it, yeah. and uh, it, it was so much fun. 
uh, we'll have to see when we can tee that back up. All right, so I did notice some things, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pass these along. He started on Friday and didn't complete. Left us hanging there. Yeah, and now he's following through, taking us to climax. <laughs> he is the noticer. <laughs> it was just a tease. I only did three, so now we're going to climax together. He just used his hand on Friday. Uh, the Westminster Dog Show yes. was on Sunday, and Wasabi, the Pekingese, was crowned the winner of the 145th Westminster Dog Show. Were they broadcasting it live on Fox because it was on, um, they had it their entire prime time was. It was on Fox Sports Saturday. Uh, well, I, you know what? I don't know, Steve. Right. I don't know if they covered it live or not. But you know what? Barry Bonds had a dog in it. No. What? Yeah, I read just a little blurb about that. Was it this juicing? Morning. I don't. Well, I mean, that would be the obvious go-to, right? Yeah, that yeah. The, that they juiced him up. But I don't know what the story was. I just saw a little three hundred pound chihuahua. A little blurb, blurb on it this morning, but I'm not sure. So it was a Pekingese. Uh, that one he beat out about twenty five hundred dogs for the title of best in show. Uh, Wasabi is a three-year-old from Pennsylvania. I don't know exactly where in PA, uh, but also won the first place in the toy contest earlier in the weekend. It's an amazing-looking animal. It looks like a tribble. Uh, we're looking at a picture of it. A lot of so hair. it's a lot of hair. We can mm-hmm. virtually not even see the face in this yeah. resolution. But, um, you know, they, do you ever watch the dog shows? No. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do much for me. But, <clears throat> I mean, you know. And they're, 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 they're kind of boring. But I love the movie. Best yes, in Show is one of my all-time favorites. Well, then you do. Yeah. Uh, the event was moved from its usual home of Madison Square Garden in Manhattan to the Lyndhurst Estate uh, in the suburbs because of the pandemic. Uh, no spectators were allowed to watch the competition in person. Uh, the reserve Best in Show honor uh, went to uh, Bourbon, which is a Whippet. Um, and I don't know what the reserve best in show honor is. Uh, in, in case the winner dies? May, I don't know. Uh, I guess it must be prestigious or else they wouldn't mention it in this uh, news story that I was Do with. they have an in memoriam section of the Westminster Dog Show? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, here, uh, Nick pulled up the list of uh, best in group uh, winners. So you had uh, the Hound Group was won by Bourbon, the Whippet. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then it went to the, okay, the reserve slot is the runner-up. There you go, Steve. There you That's go. It. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Toy Group was Wasabi and he won the whole thing. Uh, non-sporting group was Matthew the French Bulldog, I believe it said there. Uh, French Bulldogs are very popular these days. The herding group, Connor the Old English Sheepdog won that. In the sporting group, Jade the German Short-Haired Pointer, whose mother, CJ, was crowned best in show in 2016. A lot of these are, like, you know, like horses, the yes, bloodline. that's the deal. Uh, the working group went to Striker, the Samoyed. 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 Yeah, it's a breed, yeah. Uh, and then the terrier group went to Boy, the West know, Highland White Terrier. No matter how many accolades, no matter how many awards, there will come a point in the day where they will lick their own butthole. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you're right. And that really keeps your head on even, you know? And and they should let them do it all day long. That should be one of the judging priorities. After they've won. How yeah. good are they yeah. at grooming? Yeah. That's not bad, actually. I mean, that Pekingese, what I think, what a lost points. So uh, the dog show is done, and there are new victors to be awarded. So there you go. Speaking of awards, I noticed some awards over the weekend, other than the Westminster Dog Show. Uh, the uh, Pulitzer Prize, or do you say Pulitzer? I say Pulitzer. Say you say Pulitzer? And then I say Pulitzer. Uh, the Pulitzer Prizes recognize some of the year's most important uh, journalism. This year, someone who isn't a professional journalist, but whose actions had as much impact as any... 
is among those being honored. A woman named Darnella Frazier. She's the one who filmed the death of George Floyd. And she received a special citation. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Does she have any... I mean, not that this would be something that she would be... You know, obviously it was a a flashpoint and something horrific. But does she have any journalism... Not desires, okay. Well, uh, desires, I don't know. I know she doesn't have any background. Right, or at least not that right now. She was just a, a, a pedestrian, you know. Yeah. Uh, the board said Frazier was honored for, uh, quote, courageously recording the murder of George Floyd, a video that <clears throat> spurred protest against police brutality around the world, highlighting the crucial role of citizens in journalists' quest for the truth and justice. So it was a standout moment, mm. and they gave her a special recognition for that. The awards administered by Columbia University recognize reporting in newspapers, magazines, and digital news outlets. Uh, The New York Times received this year's prize for public service, which is commonly viewed as the Pulitzer's highest honor. Uh, So that went to New York Times, and it was the coverage of the pandemic. How did Uh, Town Talk do? uh, I don't know if Town Talk made it into a category this year or not, Steve. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, the Atlantic won its first Pulitzer for, uh, with staff writer Ed Young receiving the Pulitzer for explanatory reporting. Uh, magazines first became eligible to win in all categories within the 2017 Pulitzers. And then I thought this was kind of cool because it's a source that I use a lot. BuzzFeed won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, innovative articles that use satellite images, 3D architectural models, and daring in-person interviews to expose China's vast infrastructure for detaining hundreds of thousands of Muslims in its uh, in the uh, Xinjiang region. So they got a Pulitzer, which is pretty cool. Huh. And I get lots of uh, prep from uh, from BuzzFeed. I so mean, they, they basically started as you know, like uh, what they call kicker stories, right? Yeah, yeah and then exactly. they started to develop a little bit more. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I delivered Town Talk, and I know the the newspaper uh, is free. Okay, so you don't order it. It right. just shows up at your house. So try collecting at, at houses for a paper that people didn't order. <laughs> like, they would send you around to oh, yeah. collect for yes! a free paper? That's how I was supposed to get paid, was by collecting. <laughs> that, that's no business model. No. It's like, it's like going door to door and saying, hey, you listen to WMMR? Yeah. Uh, give me some money. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm here with the Air Bureau. We're going to charge Seriously. you. Have oh. you been breathing this month? Yeah. yeah. I delivered that newspaper for like one week. And I tried to collect and people, I mean, people. You're here were, for what? People weren't even nice. And I was a child. Right. And people were not nice to me. I'm here to collect for town talk? Mm-hmm. It's a free paper. Get out of here. Wait. So, okay. So let me get this right. So, so you just Whoa. drop it off at their houses. Yeah, I mean, and then dude, later on you I come work. by and say, "By the way, that paper you you've gotten, me. you owe us for that." So, yeah. so this used wow. to happen That's quite terrible. frequently over in Maniunk. I used to get a paper, yeah, uh, and and I forget who was dropping it off, and I'm like, I don't want this paper. Yeah. This, this, but well, you know, we we make sure you get it. I I have never ordered this paper. Uh-huh. It is useless to me. <laughs> I leave for work well before this paper ever arrives at my home, and they would keep trying to collect for it. Yeah, I'm like. No, that was that was my life. That was my life for a week or two because I, I had delivered the Daily Times with my brother, but it was his paper route. He was the one who collected, and then he gave me like twenty bucks a week or whatever it was. So I got and I got paid for that. I was like, oh, I should do this on my own. So I decided to do this, and then I had to go and collect. And I only delivered to like my neighborhood, 
But again, like it's a horrible like, business like, model. I didn't order this. Yeah. I don't want this. You're not getting any money from me. It'd be like Grubhub indiscriminately just delivering food to homes, then going to charge. Yeah. But in your own neighborhood, people who knew you <laughs> wouldn't even cough it up. Nope. Well, that's sad. I told you guys one time. You're the little jerk with the pine cones. Kid came by my house selling uh, magazine subscriptions when uh, you don't see yes, that as Yes, it used much to be anymore. a thing, yeah. And, and I said no. And the kid looked at me and he goes, really? <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. I go, yeah, really. I mean, and yeah. he, was, he was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. He was oh. a kid. But he, but he was like, really? And I was like. I couldn't believe he yeah, threw the audacity back at me. I was like, "Damn, like, man!" Well, not only that, <laughs> I'm I, I, actually I, your father. I don't know what to do about this. Uh, oh my god! Now I feel terrible. All right. So anyhow, the the Pulitzer prizes are out. Uh, I also noticed uh, this interesting story, and tell me if this is old news or not, Steve. But uh, Microsoft uh, Xbox chief Phil Spencer. Uh, is uh, had made a statement recently about Xbox games being played on other devices, meaning streaming devices. Yes, so, yes. Uh, Phil Spencer, excuse me, on Thursday uh, said they are building their own game streaming device and working with TV manufacturers to embed Xbox Game Pass into smart sets with no extra hardware expect, except a controller, meaning you won't need a an, a, an Xbox a, a unit, yep. uh, a full um, console any longer. Uh, Spencer also said the company was determining how uh, new subscription tiers for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, the strategy is similar to one currently employed by Google's Stadia and Amazon's Luna services, though both are struggling in the market. Microsoft, on the other hand, has its established history of brand trust among core gaming audiences to back that up. So is this the direction that these things are headed? Because it seems like... I think know. I think so, because what happens is you have these proprietary game systems, and uh, they... Uh, listen... I I don't know what the long the long game is in this. Right, I think I, it is. I, I think I think ultimately, if you could have everyone, it, I mean, it's the selling of the games that is the the well, money. I, I watched a DVD a right. couple of weeks ago, and I physically had to put the DVD in the DVD player, right. and it was exhausting. But you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, everything that I watch, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> everything that I watch is, is via a streaming service yeah. these days. So I, I'm curious as to if if you're just going to be streaming most video games. You do you, listen. So I I, I collect Blu-rays still because I like. Um, I do notice a difference, like with a 4K disc. I will notice the the the, the a, a bit, not much. If I'm watching Ernest goes to jail, <laughs> I don't need that right. in, in optimum conditions. But for the most part, games have been sort of a weird thing because a lot of the process of the game um, <clears throat> of structure is people buy physical media and then they trade it in to get other games and they they, they build up credit. Mm-hmm. So, but they're now working out a way where you can even do stuff with that so uh yeah it's i think it's it's gonna have to go this way eventually i think that's the long game nick uh but the, that also puts into jeopardy things like uh gamestop and uh yeah. you know all those businesses that they rely on going in and purchasing like would game. you go to a place just called stop no yeah uh not stop that's negative yeah I don't what, like what, that. what do you guys do well we used to be games but they took them away so it says in this article, PlayStation and Xbox are not in a console war. They're racing in different directions. Within a few weeks, Xbox cloud gaming service on the browser will open up to all members of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, uh, supported by Google Chrome, Apple Safari, and Microsoft's own Edge browsers. Uh, Microsoft is also keen to setter its promise of at least one new first-party game offered in Game Pass every quarter. 
Uh, the company is about to flex its acquisitions of Bethesda Softworks Studios at its upcoming uh, E3 showcase, which will surely support this effort. So. I, I I just, in about like a year, I maybe a little bit less, I bought a new game. You know that that I, I pre-ordered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to, you know, it used to be something a couple times a month. Right. I just don't have the time to do it. I'm too busy watching TV. Right. Yep. So uh, we'll see if they uh, if they have the the ability to send this all to the cloud and streaming and all that. stuff. And as Nick pointed out, those discs are very heavy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why my uh, hand-eye coordination for video games is not that great, but. Surgery, you can I can do. no, but I can catch and throw a football. I'm I'm not that bad at shooting a basketball. I can hit a, a fastball. It's different, you know. Yeah, I, I know, but like, yeah. why does that not port over? I don't know. Okay, I don't know, man. It's so mad. Well, that's why I don't play. So mad. Well, no, I do because ah! I hear, I hear uh, well, like for instance, you and you and Ari Spears and your your right. love affair yes. and, and <laughs> right. video games and stuff like. That. But like, I hear people like. You know, like to sit down and play video. I, I like the idea of video games, but it, it depends. I'm just on, not good, and I'm like, I'm not gonna. You know, it depends on what play. kind of video game you're playing, though. If, if you're playing, oh, I'm bad at all of them. No, really. Yeah. Were, were you ever a big gamer? I. What about Pac Man? I, I did uh, Atari. I did Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and that was kind of it. But like okay. Super Nintendo, Street Fighter Two was like the only. I, I the only games I ever won were Super Mario Brothers, and I'm not sure if I ever won that without going through... Never mind. <laughs> so, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know you could win Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah you there's, play, uh, there's eight, there's okay, eight yeah, boards, the, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. make it to the end, you save the princess. When right. you did Super, uh, I mean, uh, Street Fighter 2, did you play in the arcade? Or did no, you no, 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 okay. just on the, the, the console. Because I, I dumped a lot Sega. of money, a lot of quarters yeah, into yeah, uh, yeah. the arcade version of it. and uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same as you, Case. I played Super Mario 1 and Super Mario 3. For some reason, skipped two, and, and I haven't really had a gaming system since the PlayStation. Wow. Okay. Well, you might not have to down yeah. the road. We'll see about this. All right. Uh, I saw this really, I noticed, I'm sorry. This, oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. This really cool story. Uh, something else. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Researchers have created a plant-based, sustainable, scalable material that could replace single-use plastics in many consumer products. But what's interesting is... What they've come up with. So researchers from the University of Cambridge created a polymer film by mimicking the properties of spider silk. One yes. Of the, one of the strongest materials in nature. Like Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the new material is as strong as many common plastics in use today and could replace plastic in many common well, household products. Will it allow you to do whatever a spider can? Uh, maybe. Uh, the material was created using a new approach for assembling plant proteins into materials which mimic silk on a molecular level. Uh, the energy-efficient method, which uses sustainable ingredients, results in a plastic-like freestanding film mm. which can be made at industrial scale. No fading structural color can be added to the polymer, and it can also be used to make water-resistant coatings. Uh, the material is home comb- uh, compostable, compostable. Whereas other types of bioplastics require industrial composting facilities to degrade. In addition, the Cambridge developed material requires no chemical modifications to its natural building blocks so that it can safely degrade in most natural environments. That could be groundbreaking, man. It really could. Um, And the fact that they're using uh, essentially what's found in nature uh, as the blueprint for this is really cool. Professor. Is that uh, in town talk? I don't know. Uh, Thomas Knowles is the professor. 
Uh, and he said, as part of their protein research, he and his group became interested in why materials like spider silk are so strong when they have such weak molecular bonds. I uh, said we found that uh, one of the key features that gives spider silk its strength is the hydrogen bonds are arranged regularly in space at a very high density. I know you were talking about the same thing, Steve, Yes, right? I was, yeah. Uh, but they began looking at how to replicate this uh, regular self-assembly in other proteins. Proteins have a property for molecular self-organization and self-assembly, and plant proteins in particular are abundant and can be sourced sustainably as byproducts of the food industry. Man, if the animals can find the strength, why can't we? Uh, the researchers successfully replicated the structures found on spider silk by using soy protein isolate, a protein with a completely different composition. So, Kathy, you've been working on this in your lab. Yeah. And you've made some great inroads. Is this mimicking what your data is revealing? Yeah, pretty much the okay. same. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, man. I mean, if, listen, if they that's... could find a way to, to get single-use plastic to biodegrade uh, Instantly. Safe, safely and quickly... Uh, that'd be pretty damn cool. This will revolutionize the shopping bag breaking while you're moving it from your car to the house. Shopping bag breaking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, exactly. That could fix everything. So I thought that was kind of a cool uh, little technological or scientific discovery. Uh, now, this is completely different. It has nothing to do with scientific research. Uh, but Bentley? Yes. Uh, the uh, motor company has launched a new children's bike. The British luxury car maker created a balance bike for kids. How much? It's for ages three and up. It's six hundred and thirty-five dollars. You must be out of your goddamn mind. It's for a three-year-old. Oh, all right. So it's a self-balancing bike. No. Yeah. Now a balance Not bike is a bike. Now you you learn no how pedals. to ride. Yeah, it has you no learn. Pedals. Okay. It has I'm no sorry. pedals. Yeah. So you just you you run. Use your feet on the ground. Oh. It's like a trainer bike. I thought it was like a gyroscopic. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Like the kid has to balance himself. It teaches them to not have to use the training wheels right All off right. the bat. But with no pedals. Yeah, so this is it, Steve. You I see. Kinda, you push along, and if you go fast enough, you guys, you can kind of pull your feet off the ground and balance for a moment or two. My dad then was one of the, on the forefront of balanced bike technology. He pushed me down a hill on a bike. <laughs> uh, it's 600 <clears throat> And thirty-five dollars. This is for a toddler. Well, it's Steve. for a Bentley Preston, and then, of course, if you want to have that prestige when you're around the sandbox, right? You got to show up in your Bentley Balance bike. Mind uh, you, they'll be grown out of it in like a year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, then, then they can. Uh, yeah. Well, listen. If if you have that kind of money, it doesn't matter. Uh, it features the brand's wing emblem and a magnesium alloy frame. Yeah, that's inspired great. Inspired by the sleek lines of its motors. Yeah. Uh, the bike also comes with diamond quilted handlebars. Come on. And no pedals. Uh, it comes in several colors, the same option that it offers many to its luxury vehicles. Will Will it get you up to su- sufficient speed so that you can glide right past homeless shelters, Preston? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Speaking of bikes, Casey, I sent you a video this morning. Did you get a chance to watch nah, it? No. It? Um, it's a guy... Because Casey rides uh, his bike regularly, goes out and does, you know, 30, 40 mile hour, mile rides regularly. Uh, it's this guy flying down this hill Ooh. at like 50 miles an hour. And like to his right is a complete drop off to certain death. And it's windy and twisty. It'll Why is he doing that? Because yeah. he's like an extreme guy. Yeah. You know? No, thanks. No. no. <laughs> I like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. No, no thanks. thanks. No, thanks. No, no thanks. No, thank you. Uh, so, anyhow. So, if you want your Bentley balance bike, no pedals mm. for your toddler, 
Set you back six hundred and thirty-five dollars. What do you think of Bentleys in general? The uh, like the, the the cars and you see them. Oh my god! I saw such a they're nice beautiful. one the other day. It yeah. was like it just stood out on the road. Where was? And it? they're very affordable. Oh, you know what? It was no wait. It was it was pulling out of my swim club, and I was like, "Wait, who is that?" I was like, I just "Hurricane at Schwartz." <laughs> But I mean, uh, I'm like, there's a Bentley in Plymouth meeting? I've never been in one. I've never take, I've taken a good look at the interior. But the exterior, you can tell. When you see it, you're like, yep, that, is, that is a well-built car. Yeah. You, you can just tell it's it's got a confidence about it. Um, Cup holders. And uh, it would be pretty damn cool. I don't know much about it because it's so far out of my league that it's not even worth my time to stop and and just even poke around a bit about what it's all about. Should a car be more expensive than your home? That's the question. Yeah, right? Yeah. All right, speaking of expense, prices, and ridiculous uh, numbers, uh, Jeff Bezos's space venture, Blue Origin, auctioned off a seat on its upcoming first crewed space flight on Saturday, and it's $28 million. How am I going to afford my kid's bike? Uh, the winning bidder, whose name was not released, will fly to the edge of space with the Amazon founder and Jeez. his brother Mark on Blue Origin's new Shepard rocket scheduled to launch on July 20th. So that's a quick turnaround. Uh, the company said it will reveal the name of the auction winner in the coming weeks. Uh, bidding opening, the bidding opened at $4.8 million. So, so he and Branson are in a race yes. to get up to space first. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how... A serious that is, and how potentially dangerous that might be. Right? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, so the the bidding opened at four point eight million dollars, but it surpassed the twenty million dollar mark within the first few minutes of the auction. So that, yeah, Case, you brought up the point. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this seems you know well done, and 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 there's a, a degree of efficiency, and they're they're pulling off some incredible things. But there is still a tremendous risk yeah. involved. So, I mean, we could potentially lose, you know, the richest man on earth in uh, in this venture. Yes. Fortunately, someone will step in and take his place shortly I will that. take his money if I have to. Uh, yeah. Blue Origin Director of Astronaut and Orbital Sales, uh, Ariane Cornell, said during the auction webcast that... Uh, New Shepard's first passenger flight will carry four people, including Bezos' brother, the auction winner, and a fourth person who will be announced later. I have no idea who that's going to be. Uh, I hope it's Tay Diggs. The Blue Origin system launches vertically, and both the rocket and capsule are reusable. The boosters land vertically on a concrete pad at the company's facility in Van Horn, Texas, while the capsules land using a set of parachutes. You know it would be the ultimate precedent if they did just pick someone who was a... Comp- send Snooky up. Right. <laughs> like, so uh-huh. just just to mar the whole experience. By the way, the Blue, the Blue Origin rocket looks more like a penis than any other rocket ever made before. Do it you think is that's by design? so phallic. Yeah. Yep. It looks hilarious to me. It looks like a dong. Uh, all <laughs> yeah, it needs to going out to the balls. Yeah, if if only they had if it, that's what it is missing. Yeah. It, missing are two cylindrical, sure, not cylindrical, but orbit orb like shapes at the at bottom. the base, yeah, to be testicles. It is very phallic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't know if that's by design or not. I'm not sure, <laughs> or on purpose. You know, let's make this thing look like a Johnson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is definitely why uh, one of the reasons it stands out. Uh, so the, by the way, the bidding or the, um, 
Uh, the money will get. Did I already mention it's going to go to their uh, uh, education-focused nonprofit no, club? Yeah, so proceeds will be donated to Blue Origins uh, Education-Focused Club for the Future, which supports kids' interest in the future STEM in future STEM career. And what's the asking price again, or the starting price? Well, starting price was four point eight million, but it went past twenty million very, very quickly. Uh huh. And so it went for twenty-eight million. Uh, to go up just to the edge of space. That $400 Bentley bike is looking pretty good now. Yeah, huh? right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, it's uh, we'll, we'll find out who <laughs> these people are in the near future because July 20th, man. So they've got roughly a month of training, and that's it? Well, they say that Bezos has started doing some sit-ups. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, I'm sure he's been training already, yeah. but this person who's bidding yeah. uh, is going to have to get up to speed very, very quickly. You, you, would, have to ha- you would have to be in some sort of... Shaped. Uh, no doctor is going to allow someone who's out of shape to participate in this. Correct? Well, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. N- they're not, no, they're not going to send somebody up Ruben to have a heart attack. Yeah. You know. So. All right. Anyhow, um, that's all I'm going to notice today because we got that stuff was to- good. Yeah. Thank it you. Was good. A little bit more than last week. Uh, we went to. Did we complete? All over the floor. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, we're going to take a break because we are going to have a guest on when we return concerning the President Steve. I believe for President Steve Blood Drive, which is this Friday, wow. by the way. So uh, details wmmr.com, and then we will have our first in studio guest in over a year, and it is uh, Candace Bushnell, who is cool. the creator of Sex and City. She's going to be at the Bucks County Playhouse for a one woman show. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Summer's here and your local Acme is stocked and ready with the freshest meats and produce. It's the perfect time to fire up the grill, take in a game, and discover why summer is better with Acme. Skip the line and shop online at acmemarkets.com. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your order and bring the groceries right to your car. Place your first online order and get $30 off when you spend $75 or more. Limitations and restrictions apply. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre File right now. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. File. Brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com. Type Preston in the search bar and get the Get Out and Grill assortment for uh, for 59% off. Omahasteaks.com. Keyword Preston in the search bar. Sometimes the weekend yields some amazing bizarre file stories, and I have a few of them to present to you. We'll begin. We'll work our way in. Okay, we'll begin with this one. An Australian, not Australian, an Austrian soldier has been jailed for 19 months after getting a swastika tattooed on his testicles. No. The 29-year-old drank two bottles of whiskey before he his brother tattooed the band symbol on his scrotum. The court in the city of Klagenfurt heard. Okay, there, there. No, see, he thought no one would see it. 
He posted a picture of the tattoo online. Well, then he thought people might see it. (laughs) And showed it off to Army colleagues on another occasion while drunk on the final evening of a military exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, The soldier, who has not been identified because of Austrian privacy laws, was further accused of posting Nazi photos at a Cold World bunker museum, drinking Hitler-branded wine, and posting Nazi propaganda online. He was sentenced to 19 months in prison for the glorification of Nazism and illegal firearm possession. The defendant expressed remorse during the trial. I'm so sorry. He was both sorry and embarrassed for his past actions. He had told the court, I just got in with bad company. For us, anything that wasn't allowed was something we gravitated towards. But we all underestimated enormously how much a mistake this was. It was only when the investigation of his tattooed testicles started... That he realized what nonsense the Nazi glorification was. So it took the tattoo of a swastika on his ball sack to convince him that Nazism wasn't the way to go. He added, other than that, I can't give any reasonable explanation for why I did it. He also claimed he had stopped associating with the far right eight years ago and stopped drinking heavily because of a previous stint behind bars for assault. Uh-huh. But now he's got a swastika on his nuts to uh, show off to everybody. That gets the girls going. Here's the one that I got sent more than any others over the weekend, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with this story, but it definitely is worth repeating. A commercial lobster diver was injured when he said that he was swallowed by a humpback whale off the coast of Cape Cod on Friday. Michael Packard was in the whale's closed mouth for 30 to 40 seconds, he said on a Facebook post. It's just amazing. He said, I was lobster diving and a humpback whale tried to eat me. Uh, I was in his closed mouth for about 30 to 40 seconds before he rose to the surface and spit me out. I am very. What the hell is this? He said, I am very bruised up, but have no broken bones. Uh, thankfully, for the help he received from rescuers in Provincetown and seeking to clarify, he also cl- tried to clarify what had happened to him as it generated headlines worldwide. His sister, Cynthia, had told the Cape Cod Times that Packard was taken to Cape Cod Hospital with at least one broken leg. After the encounter Friday morning, uh, Packard was in about 45 feet of water. And when he said, I just felt this truck hit me and everything went dark. At first, he thought he had been eaten by a white shark. The feared sharks have become fixtures on the coast of Cape Cod in the summer. Yes. And he said, then I re- he realized I, it didn't have any teeth. And I said, oh, my God, I'm in the mouth of a whale. Uh, Packard's crewmate, Josiah Mayo, was driving the boat and following him on his dive. He said it was just a huge splash and a kind of thrashing around. I saw Michael kind of pop up with the mess, and the whale disappeared. Harbormaster Don German said at first he didn't believe what he was hearing when he got the call about the incident. He said, honestly, uh, we all kind of thought, okay, this is pretty far-fetched. But then when we got word from the injured gentleman, we realized it was an actual incident. He was faced with an immediate struggle in the ha- in the hard shaking mouth of the whale as his breathing regulator came out of his mouth and he tried to find it. Then, as the seconds ticked by, Pecker thought, this is how you're going to die, in the mouth of a whale. He didn't know that it would be if, if he would be swallowed or suffocate, he said, and he thought about his uh, 12 and 16-year-old sons, wife and mother, uh, wife, mother and family. He said, I was just struggling, but I knew that this was a massive creature. There was no way I was going to bust myself out of there. Then suddenly, Packard saw light felt the whale shaking its head, and was thrown out of the water. He said, I was just laying on the surface, floating, and saw his tail, and he went back down. I was like, oh, my God, I got out of that. I survived. Wait, so did he spit him out? Yeah. 
So Charles Stormy Mayo, a senior scientist and whale expert at the Center for Coastal Studies in Provincetown, uh, told the Cape Cod Times that such human whale encounters are rare. Uh, Dr. Jukrub Robbins, who uh, directs the center's humpback research, agreed, saying in a statement released Friday that whales feed by lunging through the water, mouths wide open to engulf schools of fish, and then they filter the water through their baleen. He said if something lies directly in the path of a lunge-feeding humpback whale, <laughs> the whale might not always be able to detect it or avoid it in time. For example, some entanglements in fishing gear begin this way and can threaten the life of the whale. He called Packard's whale encounter a good reminder for others to stay away from whales as much as possible in their habitat. Uh, Packard's knee was dislocated and he had soft tissue damage. Uh, he said, but despite the extremely painful experience, he said he plans to go back to diving for lobsters, a job that he loves doing as yeah, soon as possible. I wouldn't. And this wasn't his first brush with that. Did you hear about this? No. Dude was in a plane crash in Costa Rica more than 10 years ago. Other people died in the crash, and he was. Uh, and he said that he was near death when he was found in the jungle after two days and survived that. Um, um, uh, well, what do you call him? Lucky or unlucky? Well, it's lucky, right? In Costa Rica, he said, they call me Milagro Mike. And he said, and now I'm times two here. So it's a crazy story, right? All right, and then I had to share this one. I almost put this in the entertainment news. A uh, production on NBC's new game show, Ultimate <laughs> Slip and Slide, yeah. has been halted for medical reasons, but COVID isn't the culprit. Uh, the rap reports that dozens of crew members on the California set fell ill with, quote, awful explosive diarrhea apparently caused by uh, Giardia. So that's a water amoeba or something like the that? Show a water parasite? sprawling set had to be tested for the parasite that causes the illness, and some workers are reluctant to return after up to 40 Got so sick, Jesus, that they were being forced to run into porta potties. I was uh, there was a witness on the set who was who just said it was pandemonium. Uh, so the co-host Bobby Moynihan and Ron <laughs> Funches apparently escaped the infection. They did not get sick. Dear God, and they're okay. Though I didn't yeah. know there was a slip and slide show on. I find that kind of interesting. I'd yeah. like to see that yeah. without yeah. the rivers of diarrhea. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre fall. I still have more really good stories, like the weekend. Oh yeah, a whole bunch of good stuff. All right, uh, our next guest is ready to go, and we are on. He is on to promote. The I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive. It's the 16th annual one that we're doing. That's unbelievable. And we've had uh, some interesting developments as this has been set up. And we, you know, last year we had a couple of different locations and we had to obviously, you know, stick to the COVID protocols, which we are going to stick to. Uh, but we, we still managed to have a good showing last year, even though it was even more restrictive. We did, um, yes. But this year... We're going to two different locations. We're going to be at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks and, for the first time ever, our first event ever, inside the event center at the Live Casino and Hotel in Philadelphia right there at the Sports Conference. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited about it. We have a new shirt. We have all kinds of stuff going on. So from the Red Cross, we would like to welcome, to give us some of the details, Mr. Guy Triano, Yay! who is with us. Good morning, Guy. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, number sixteen. Yeah, man, we're we're uh, we're set for this. And you know, I wanted to get to the latest on um, you know the rules and so on with uh, with COVID. Um, what what can you tell us about uh, the events that we need to know, guy? Well, this this time this blood drive comes at a phenomenal time for us uh, because as the Red Cross. Sees, uh, we're seeing demand for products in our hospitals really increase, and that's due to the fact that many of us are uh, 
coming out of this pandemic and elective surgeries are back on and the world is starting to open up. And right now we're, we're seeing a need for this. So this is coming at a great time. Well, you had a time where, listen, a, a good portion of your year is consumed with like school blood drives and corporate school drives and things that you normally help offset that demand. And you didn't have any of that for the greater part of this year just passed. So as you say, desire's never been greater. Correct, correct. And in fact, today, the Red Cross this morning is going to launch a severe blood shortage just because the demand is, is outpacing uh, what we're getting in there. So, so wow. this blood drive that we collect this Saturday and this Friday, actually, is going to be amazing. So, you know, Guy, before, obviously, before last year's uh, efforts, which we were very happy with the results because no one knew what was going on and still people stepped up, we had a, a record the prior year where we had the, the biggest take for the President Steve blood drive ever. So, I mean, listen, we're, I don't want to, we never set amounts, but I think things can be very robust this year because it's so necessary. So is there space still available? Can people still sign up? What's going on? Yeah, so first off, it's not just a record for WMMR, but in 2019, you said it's the largest single-day blood drive in the country. Wow. So you guys, you know, blew out the entire country when it comes to that. And then last year, you stepped up uh, during the pandemic and still collected bloods, uh, blood, which is amazing, and, you know, year after year. And, yes, there are still appointments. So uh, we are still seeking appointments at the Philadelphia uh, Expo Center. So if you're interested, uh, we really encourage you to, to donate blood. There are still appointment slots open on uh, this Friday at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. Okay. And, uh, guys, so when, when is the, when's the deadline? Because there are no walk-ups for this event. You do need to make an appointment. When do people need to sign up by? Yeah, we're asking people to sign up by Thursday evening, and uh, right now you can do it uh, two ways. You can go on redcrossblood.org to schedule your appointment, and then just this morning I was on the WMMR uh, site, and you can actually click right there and schedule your appointment. Uh, All the time slots are show that are available. You can click. You can make your appointments. It's as simple as that. And we do ask you, uh, for those of you who already made an appointment, thank you very much. And if if you feel that your schedule doesn't allow it or you have to cancel for some reason, please cancel the appointment so that we can get another individual Mm. in there to, uh, to sign up for that spot. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, Guy, because someone had asked, a couple of people had asked, as far as what's the minimum age someone can um, sign up to give blood, and, and can you do so if you have, say, like a, a parent's um, uh, signing off on it? How, how does that work? What's the youngest age? Yep, so the, the youngest age is 16 with parental consent in the state of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and then 17 years old without parental consent. Okay. Uh, and then, so you can just sign, sign right up online. The other question that's going to come up a lot is there is no deferral time uh, for donating if you've received the vaccine. So if you've gotten uh, it from either Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer, any one of the, the three large ones, and you're feeling fine, you are eligible to donate. All okay. right. Excellent. And what will be the uh, protocols for uh, masks and social distancing and all of that good stuff so people just know ahead of time? Yeah, so certainly uh, if you're not vaccinated, we're asking you to to wear a mask throughout uh, at both locations. And then in the Philadelphia location, uh, we are asking individuals at the Philadelphia Live Casino to wear a mask, as our staff will be as well. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, so we'll get the word out. We'll make sure that, uh, that people are, are signing up and filling up those, uh, those, 
uh, slots, and we want to have as big a run as we possibly can. And we can't thank you guys enough. The American Red Cross, you guys work so hard, and this event event in particular because oh yeah, uh, there there are hundreds of volunteers, and it takes all day long, and it's just a it's a big process. So we appreciate that guy. Now, well, we appreciate you. Sixteen years strong from your staff to the listeners to the loyal donors out there. We appreciate it. We thank you, and it's coming at a really important time for us. We need that. We certainly need the units of blood for the patients in the hospital. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna help out in any way we can. Thanks so much, guys. Guy Triana hey! of the Red Cross. We will see you there. Uh, who's gonna be where? I'm gonna be at, uh, cas- be at the live casino. Me too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Me three. Oh. oh. And- uh, Steve, I think you're with us. I think you're with me and Kathy and, and Oaks. I had already. <laughs> it's red bastards. I already said <laughs> I wanted to do live right from the get go. Okay. All right. Well, well all right. It I think it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But Kathy and I are Come on, man. Nick and I will be, be partying. Partying at Oaks. <laughs> well, listen, we'll work it out. If I have to go to Oaks, I'll go to Oaks. I love Oaks. Yeah. I just figured. I said. Now, we have a new shirt this year, by the Ooh. way. That's, uh, so every year we, we have a, uh, a shirt that people can get for uh, signing up and, and donating. Uh, and usually there's some other things that come along with it. And uh, I'll have to see what all we are going to be giving away. But there's tchotchkes and so on. Uh, but we have we wanted to have a summer-themed th- <clears throat> shirt uh, so this year's shirt is a riff on uh, the old Jaws. Love it. Uh, poster. The yes. movie poster. The classic one with the swimmer and the gigantic shark coming up from underneath. And our initials are added in there in the American Red Cross. And Preston Steve logos on the back with our autographs and everything. Uh, it's blue. Uh, it's got this really cool summer vibe to it. So if you come out, you get the shirt. You'll be good to go. Hopefully you've been collecting those as we've gone along. And we'll add that to your collection. So it is this Friday. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. All right, let's take a break. Come back in uh, just a moment or two. Stay close. We have an in-studio guest for the first time in over a year in a little while. Stay put. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Do you love handmade pottery? Hi, I'm Evelyn of Evelyn Taylor Designs, and I'm a full-time ceramic artist in Collingswood, New Jersey, making planters, vases, mugs, bowls, and all the pretty things for your home. Find me on Facebook or Instagram at Evelyn Taylor Designs and get info about my front porch studio sale coming up June 18th to 20th. Evelyn Taylor Designs. Thanks. Bye. Next message. Hello, this is Kevin, the compost man. We're hiring for our organic landscape company and food waste recycling company. We are looking for all positions to be filled. We would like for you to apply at thecompostman.com or njcompostman at gmail.com. Love you guys. You guys rock. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. All right, I want to come back to something <laughs> you mentioned, but first. So we're going to have our first in-studio guest in over a year. Yes. And I heard Marissa doing a live commercial a second ago, and the microphone she was on sounded really quiet. So I need to test this microphone. I want to get our guests in here and have yeah. stuff not no. working. We're professionals. So stand-in guest, Nick Murphy. Hey! 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 He's going to 
Check our microphone. I'll be your guinea pig anytime, guys. Uh, how's that sound? Does that sound all right? It sounds actually very uh, good. You sounds can talk better. How was your book release? Did it come out last week? Uh, yeah, I went to a Barnes and Noble, and it was actually there. It was pretty pretty impressive. Was it like a uh, a J.K. Rowling Harry Potter release with people wrapped around the building? Yeah, these kids drove by and like spoiled the end of the book. It was very <laughs> no, no, yeah, those very bastards. Disappointing, very disappointing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, no, it was great, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks for the shout out. No, our pleasure. Do me a favor. Test this microphone too, if you don't mind. Uh, let's see how that went. And this is microphone too, guys. That oh, sounds a good better. too, as well. Go By back the way, to the first. we went to uh, what? This one sounds a little more thin. Yeah, could you go back to the first one? Go back to the first one. And this is microphone one. How are you guys? <laughs> and how about microphone two? And back to microphone two. It sounds a little quiet, but yeah, uh, a little bit more bottom on the second one. I kind of mm. hope that we get an A for this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's from Bill. Like... We'll find out today. I Only guess. if you say check one, two, three, and <laughs> then he will. Now we're we're <laughs> punching we're punching our way up from a C minus right now. This so. this will be the comment will be. Now there wasn't any way you could do that off air. Yeah, actually, no, no, <laughs> there isn't. Not uh, without hearing it the way I want to hear it, which is good. By the way, Casey and I spent uh, a little bit of time with Nick Murphy yesterday. We we cut a commercial for uh, Maurice Piers in Wildwood. I heard it was great. It was it was so beautiful. Yeah. It was the perfect day weather-wise. Yeah. And, uh, and Nick brought his his uh, wife and son. Oh. So they got to run around and, and uh, play a, a bit at the uh, at the amusement park. That's oh, great. They had a blast. It was yeah. so much fun. And Preston was, I mean, like a child. Yep. He was so excited, and it made me happy. I was Casey so happy was excited for him. For yeah. me. Did he yeah. buy you ice cream? <laughs> No, but we had we had, we had curly fries, fries. curly Ooh. fries. Which we had this excellent. insane. Uh, well, we didn't have it, but Preston had an insane uh, Bloody Mary. Well, it was for a shoot, so I asked for no vodka in it because yeah. they were gonna, I wasn't going to start drinking. I didn't want to waste their vodka. But they have this thing; it's called the Moab, and Moab is short for Mother of All Bloody Marys. <laughs> wow! And it's it comes in a pitcher, and it's got everything from. Uh, Shrimp to chicken tenders to uh, brisket, Jesus. cheese and wow. olives, and all yeah. this stuff sticking up out of it. So mm. we had we had a great time, and it's at a restaurant called uh, Pig uh, Pig Dog. Pig Dog. That was it. Yeah, you I Pig Dog. The craziest part of the 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 shoot was when we did. Uh, we were walking by something, and Casey saw a prize that he wanted. Right, and Preston was like, "Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll I'll win you that prize, Casey." Yeah. And on his first try, Insane. he threw this ring onto a bottle. It was it was the craziest shoot ever. I threw it sh- over my shoulder backwards. Oh, really? And first try. Steve, boom. Nailed Dude, right this on This guy's it. hand-eye coordination is like <laughs> unlike anything mm. I've ever seen. So when that video's done, let us know. We'll uh, definitely we'll get the word out. Thank you. Nick Murphy. Yay! Woo! Microphone tester. Author. Testing. He's a microphone tester. He's an author. He's, he's a, a video guy. <laughs> yeah, he does all of it. He does every bit of it. Hey, I wanted to mention this story. Uh, Nick had pointed this out to me yesterday because I didn't. I missed it over the weekend. And, and Kathy had it in sports. Uh, Christian Eriksson, who's a soccer player, uh, and the, in uh, Denmark. Uh, and where were they playing, Nick? It wasn't in Denmark, was it? Uh, you know what? I don't know. It's the Euro 2020. Okay. Uh, now in 2020, um, it's a huge 2021. It's a huge uh, European soccer tournament. Uh, the guy's heart stopped on the pitch. I mean, in the middle of the game, he he dropped pretty much dead because they had no they had no pulse. The whole deal. It's horrifying. And his doctor, uh, a man named uh, Morton Boson, uh, said he was gone. He said we started the res- resuscitation and we managed to do it. How close were we to losing him? I don't know, but we got him back after one defib, and he said that's quite fast. Um, uh, the coach revealed that the squad had spoken to Erickson on Sunday, and 
uh, that it was great to see him smile. So he's he's good. You know, yeah. they, they don't know. They still don't know exactly what caused what it. happened. But um, they're catching the TV, uh, you know, uh, station or whatever it was network that that uh, aired this is catching a little bit of crap because they stayed with it for a while. And you see the guy on the ground. The team is kind of standing in front of him, shielding it. But. You can see his legs moving from where they were doing the chest oh compressions. Yeah, it's terrifying. And and so yeah, it's oh. not just a guy laying there and you're wondering, oh, is he going to get up? I mean, the, you can see yeah, his yeah, body yeah. jerking because there's a guy on top of him just oh pounding gosh. away. Oh my god! On his chest, but they brought him back. His yeah. wife was there. I mean, his wife is in attendance watching this game and seeing her husband dead on the field. Yeah. But she would so so at that where she was she would not have known that he was. Well, nobody knew. I yeah, mean, they were all yeah, watching yeah, it, yeah. but I mean, they were able. To, he died, and then they brought him back to life. Mm. Yeah. My nephew, who is five, saw something pretty traumatic that a five-year-old shouldn't see. And he, the way it affected him, he was telling me about it yesterday. I said, how, how was your uh, you know, your weekend at the beach? And he said it was very sad. And he went into the story. We don't need to get into the story. But the way like it affects people, and especially you know somebody that young and impressionable and, and seeing this. And it was like, even as a five-year-old, it ruined his weekend. And he mm. couldn't stop talking Did about it. Did he witness it. a death, if I may? Uh, it, it was a, yeah, it was like a very traumatic accident. Mm. The guy was in a pool of blood. And, oh, like, my you God. Know, yeah. Murph saw uh, an accident on the Atlantic City Expressway, and they had to bring out, like, a sheet and cover oh, stuff that's, up. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. Bad. They said it was horrible. Wow. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, this guy is a picture of health. He, he is a national soccer player, right. and, and he just, you know, in the has, has a sudden cardiac uh, event. And um, so here's the deal. Uh, you know, not to get, like, too sad or morbid, but my friend's son, you know, passed away at, like, God, 10 years old. Uh, sudden cardiac event. And... So there, there are these campaigns to just have uh, defibrillators at all sorts of different locations, sure. elementary schools, high schools, you know, all sporting events and sport fields. Because, campgrounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, campgrounds, um, because the the likelihood of somebody being resuscitated without a defibrillator is like 7% or something like that. Right. But if you have a defib on site, that jumps up to 70%. Okay. So, uh, and then you can also have your child screened. So, uh, you know... Um, my my friend's son's name is Aiden, and uh, you know, it's actually his birthday is coming up on Saturday, and so he has these events where you can go get screened. So, you know, it doesn't take very long. You know, if you just want to assure, you know, uh, or at least try to assure your child's safety, you can get screened uh, for these events to make sure that you're not, you know, potential sure. candidate any, any, for one of these cardiac events. Any indicators that you can catch early mm-hmm. will make a whole world of difference. Yeah, you know what, and when I, we did CPR training uh, to get certified uh, for that, and one of the first things now you're supposed to do is tell someone, call 911, yes. find a defibrillator. That's like one of the first steps you do as you're assessing somebody who's on the ground. If and, and if you're the person who's going to do do the CPR, the two things you say is call nine one one. You know, you, you point to people, say you call nine one one. You go see if there's a defibrillator anywhere, and then you get to work. So, so let me so, ask this question. Yeah. So, so um, we talk about having defibrillators at at various events. Is it suggested that you have a defibrillator at home? Mm. I mean, you can. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know if I've you know ever what? Seen I don't know why I said that. I don't know if you can or not. Uh, I think you probably can. Well, I don't know either. Yeah. I'm just, just guessing. So. <laughs> Could you bear your... Think you are. <laughs> bear, use your hot plate? What? No. What I would suggest is you plug your lamp in. Yes. Cut the... Well, cut the, the wires. First. Cut the cord hey. first. Yeah. Then plug it in. I saw yeah. a movie where somebody did that with a dog one time, and it worked. Yeah. 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 It so, was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so I, listen, I did CPR, Kathy, you did as well as a lifeguard. And, you know, one of the first, you did, you know, call nine one one. 
one, the DFib thing wasn't a thing when I took CPR, but you also, then you went and checked your, the ABCs, airway, breathing, circulation. So right. once you discover that um, nobody's, this person is not breathing and their heart is not beating, and then you, you start those chest compressions. But So, right, case up here, and, and I think Connor called this up, you, uh, having a system, what they call an AED at home, can save precious time. So uh, it might be something worth looking into. I've seen the directions on them. They're actually pretty... Yeah. Simple. It's you self-explanatory. Know? Yeah. Like they, they have pictures when right. you open it up. It yeah. shows you what to do. Do this. By the way, here's a, here's a text uh, that says, I am an EMT. Uh, we were dispatched to a cardiac arrest where we put the defibrillator on the guy. was flatlined, not breathing. We hit him once. He sat up and said, ow, that hurt like hell. That And, and, uh, and then he said... Uh, he performed Hamilton. He said he was down. And again, no pulse, nothing. We hit... We hit it three times, and all three times uh, he was alive. He says he was alive. I'm not sure exactly what all this means, but nonetheless, he said the dude said. And that, that's what I was curious about. I wanted to get some calls from people who have resuscitated someone because I remember um, seeing it was an interview or something like that about you know when um, when they show in movies uh, somebody who's drowned, they pull them out of the water, uh, they start doing CPR. And all of a sudden, they uh, they cough yeah, up all yeah. this water. Right. I had heard it's not as dramatic as that in real life. That it's more it more the water might kind of trickle out, mm-hmm. but you don't see this big explosive. Uh, and all of a yeah. sudden, they're like, uh, uh, and like they're if awake. you watch The Abyss, there's like there's like a, like a, right. almost like a ten minute resuscitation scene. Now, yeah. I don't know if that was true or not, or maybe it was just that one person's experience when that had happened. And I'm curious as to, and it, and it might vary from case to case, but like this guy said, the dude shot, you know, sat up right away. And well, you also have to make the call. Do I want to get wet? Do I want to resuscitate yeah, this man. person? Um, so hang on a second. Let's go to some calls. I'm going to go to uh, Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Joe? Uh, so, just wanted to tell you a story. Uh, was actually about six years ago. I play it hockey at Wissick and Skating Club mm-hmm. and team we were playing against from Princeton, their goaltender had a heart attack on the ice at the end of the game. Jeez. Uh, it was the Widowmaker. Um, one of the guys who was playing for our team is a doctor. We had just gotten an AED. Used the AED, hit him two, three, four times. Uh, got him to the hospital. As it turns out, about Four months later, he was down 30 pounds, was in the best shape he's been in in years, was playing actually two games in a row. Wow. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Had you guys not had that AED, that brand-new defibrillator, he he wouldn't have made it? Uh, There certainly is a chance. Wow. And uh, as irony has it, uh, one of our other players is – an ER doc, he actually wasn't playing that day. The next day he was playing, the guy who helped, who saved Pete was like, you should have been here yesterday. And he said, you did great. I wouldn't have done any better. I would have had to read everything because I don't have my crash car here. Huh. Okay. There you go. Interesting. All I right, still well, want to punch yeah. him in the face. It works. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. So, yeah, wow. yeah those things are... They're the real deal. Uh, we'll go to Frank. Hey, Frank, good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank oh. you, my man. It says here you are an EMT. Been doing it for a long time. Yes, sir. 19 years. Wow. And so you have I'm sure you've had these scenarios before. Can you tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, so statistically, uh, unfortunately, if you're not there within a couple minutes and you're not pumping on someone's chest, nine out of ten times they're not going to make it. Right. Um, now the new thing is hands-only CPR. So if people are bystanders, when they're calling 911, if they're afraid to touch, you know, or go near the person's mouth, all you got to do is just pump on the chest, just do nice deep compressions, you're moving the blood around, you're circulating options to the brain. Right. Just, just, just to clarify that again, just in case people heard you're saying, so if, if this does happen, nice deep compressions around the chest. Yeah, so you want to you want to go near the nipple line and just like imaginary line right near the nipples, and you're going to compress, you know, with the palm of your hand. Right. And um, you know, people are very afraid of germs today, rightfully so, ever since COVID, things like that. So you don't always have to go mouth to mouth, but as long as someone calls nine one one, tell them where you're at, what's going on. The quicker, the better. But the problem is a lot of people don't want to step in today and do something like that for liability purposes, things of that nature. Isn't there, though, the Good Samaritan law would protect you if there were any issues? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just as if someone overdoses on heroin, we come, we get the Narcan. Right. We're afraid of, you know, going to jail. But, hey, no, we're not there for that. We're there to prevent life. So a quick question, how how necessary is, you're talking about people being afraid of germs and so on and so forth, uh, but with the chest compressions, is is that the bulk of it? How necessary is the mouth-to-mouth to to complete the process? Uh, Well, it is definitely important. You know, as EMTs and medics, we always want to oxygenate. We have the the BVMs, the back valve masks. We put high flow O2. So it's basically, it all comes together, you know, all the parts of the puzzle. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of confusion going on. A lot of things are moving around. People are, you know, upset, you know, especially if it's family, there's total chaos. So well, if, if, if everyone I, is thinking if, clearly. If, um, if I may, since you, since you know this stuff and just, just to kind of get to, to design like a, a kit for your home. So, so because yeah. so many of these situations happen at home. What, what is in the perfect kit for and, and knowing that someone is going to freak out when this happens and so on and so forth. But if you had this stuff. In your home, what would you recommend that optimum kit being? Uh, so a basic first aid kit is always good. If you can actually go on um, certain medical websites, you can order BVMs, you can order auction tanks, you can be prevented like that. There's nothing wrong with that. The American Red Cross gives um, lessons on what to do in emergencies. You know, just reach out to your local first aid squad, your fire department. We're more than happy to help you. You know, we're very, uh, especially today, we're very an open-door policy anywhere in the country. Right. You know, don't be afraid. Knock on the door. We're there to help and teach. We're a community. You know, we want to help people. Um, But, yeah, and another tip, when you call 911, you know, I speak from experience. Not everyone knows the person's history. Hey, what medical problems does Grandpa have? What? What allergies does your sister have? We need mm-hmm. to know that kind of stuff to help the hospital out. So my recommendation, on your fridge, somewhere in your house, write a list of, I call the trifecta, medical history, allergies, and medications. And that okay. will help the medics and firemen tremendously in an event emergency. So have, Love it. have that at the ready. Okay, excellent. Right. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it, man. Very welcome. All right. All right, have a good day, Take guys. care. All right, I'm going to go to Andrew, who has brought back four or five people. Uh, hi, Andrew. Good morning. I can't believe this is actually happening right now. You're <laughs> on the air, dude. <laughs> Long time, first time. But I'll tell you what, I've been an EMT and the world's most okayest medic for about, <laughs> oh, 14 years. And, I mean, I know four or five is not a big number, but it, it, it's the story that happens while you're doing it. So... 
for example, when I was a medic student, we had called out to a call with somebody in cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. This is my first day on the medic truck. So we get out there. This person is unconscious. We put him on the 12 lead, which is a, only a cardiac monitor. And while we're putting out the 12 lead, the patient goes into a rhythm called ventricular fibrillation. We shock this person. They come back, and they don't come back immediately. They give them maybe like four or five minutes for them to really become lucid enough. She, uh, the person sits up in the back of the ambulance uh, while we're driving to the hospital and goes, you're taking the long way there. <laughs> wow. Oh, it was fantastic. But wow. uh, otherwise, I mean, uh, it, in terms of like the movies and everything, I mean, you literally have a realistic window of only like 10 minutes to get to somebody so they can come out of the hospital. Right. Otherwise, after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and they have that CPR, it's just like, I just shoot for the best and hope they, get, they come back. But maybe they can be a donor after that. Who knows? That's, that's well, like the secondary part of it. All right. Well, well, to that point, obviously, that's a good thing to do to, to donate. But you, you want to try to avoid. I mean, not that you listen. It, it, it's all a precarious thing when you get into this, this subject. But if you exceed 10 minutes and you have been doing chest compressions and you've been doing what you're supposed to do in the interim, does that up the percentage that someone will, if they're going to spend some time in the hospital, come out in pretty good condition? Yeah, I mean, it's just basically the sooner the better. And it also depends. Were they unconscious and you couldn't feel a pulse and they still had relatively blood circulation? All right. Or were they actually like in cardiac arrest and no mm. blood was moving? So you always just kind of run the gambit of saying, just keep going. Yeah, hey, Andrew, well, I it keep is... Going. Here, here's a, one thing that I was always curious about is, is there any, let's say you're not a trained medical uh, professional and you really can't tell if they have a pulse or not, even though you're checking, you might be nervous or whatever and you can't. Is there any harm in doing that to a healthy person who is just unconscious for some reason? Hey, it happens all the time with heroin overdoses where they may actually have a pulse. People get on there and start doing CPR. You're not hurting them. Okay. All right. Good to know. Healthy. Well, that, that's good. Good so, to know. Yeah. I think my, my first go-to precedent, if someone is, is if they're, if I suspect that they are not in a good way, tracheotomy first. Yes. Mm. Get and a big then, pen. Yes. Right. And, and then go through their pockets. And then, exactly. Oh, go right. through the pockets. Right. Yes. All right. Andrew, thank you, man. We appreciate the call, bud. That's it. All right. Take All right. care. All right. My, I want, my time is valuable. I want to go to Amy, who is a trauma nurse. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Amy. What's up? So I am an ER and trauma nurse in the city. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have been for about 16 years. Um, so I've resuscitated uh, countless people. Um, and I can say as far as when they come into the ER, we, a lot of times, um, we never know what's coming through the door. You'll get a phone call from medics, you know, and they'll say EPA two minutes, code in progress, which means Jeez. that they're doing um, compressions. The patient is tubed, which means they're on, you know, a mechanical vent. Mm-hmm. on the way in and we just kind of have to filter through what could have happened while we're in the process of resuscitating the patient um you only have a six percent survival rate if you code in the field which is obviously not in the hospital but like the previous caller just said we if you don't know how long a person has been down we will code that person i mean the longest i've ever coded somebody is about two and a half hours um and usually the younger the patient the longer you'll code them because you just don't know and there is if there is any glimmer of hope then we will do i mean heroic measures for hours to try to save whoever the patient is 
Wow. Uh, and Amy, it says here on, on the screen that, that you can comment on, uh, like, uh, people who have uh, gone under water uh, and, and drowning. I'd said in movies you'll see them cough up this big amount of water, and that doesn't necessarily, that's not the case? No, no, it's not like Baywatch where they mm-hmm. start to, like, cough, and then they sit up and they get up and walk away. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen. When, when, res- traumatic. when your response, right. so, like, when you're responding to a crisis situation, you don't automatically go into slow motion? Like no, exactly. Right. Nope. And I'm right. not like a size two with triple Ds. No, it doesn't happen. I don't right. know what. <laughs> it doesn't happen. That seems so weird because that show seems so accurate. Wow. Exactly. All right. Wow. All right, Amy, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, take care. Uh, let's see here. We had a number of people calling in about this. Uh, let me go to, let's go to Casey next. Hi, Casey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. What's up, Case? So I've been a respiratory therapist for 33 years, worked in a number of different hospitals. Wow. As far as I've, I've responded to well over 100 code blues in the hospital, they're usually pretty successful because you have the right personnel and the right equipment. But when the people come back, really the only way you know they're back is by the cardiac monitor that you have them hooked to. Okay. Now they have a pulse when they didn't. So people don't just open their eyes and look at you and, you know, start moving around like in the movies. Okay. It's really more just a matter of what they call return of spontaneous circulation. So you're defibrillating, which these days that's considered to be the most important. Uh, you've got drugs you give, you give people, but the expression they use now is Edison before medicine. Edison so before medicine. About- yeah, it's all about the electrical system. Okay, I got gotcha. you. The other, the other thing is with the drowning victims, uh-huh. they'll code them longer because you want to wait until their body temperature comes up. Another one of our in-house expressions is you're not dead until you're warm and dead. Huh. So, so when your body temperature is down, we will keep resuscitating you because you have a much better chance of survival if you're a little bit hypothermic. So wow. Edison before medicine, is there any efficacy to bros before hose? <laughs> uh, once you leave work, absolutely. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> all right, thank you, Casey. We appreciate it, man. Sure, thank you. That's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, re- I remember, you know, uh, you've seen stories of people who have been out in the cold and they've uh, they've yes. been dead for a while. Yes, for a long time. And part of that helps bring them back. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, uh, you know, like he was saying, if, you, if you're hypothermic, it kind of helps a little bit. And I think you always, just judging by movies, you have to scream things like, don't let the bastard win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Stat. Stat. There's another one you yeah. have to yeah. draw out there, too. Not on my watch. Uh, <laughs> when they do yell stat, what does that stand for? Um, what does it, what now, is stat? Right stat now. It means now, but, but stat is, is it's not statistic. It's dependent. If it's a musician, you yell strat because okay. it's a guitar. You need your guitar right away. Um, I, I think from uh, the Latin immediately word, from the Latin word statin, statum meaning immediately. Oh. Okay. All right. Cool. So maybe just stat just I was means immediately. pre-med. Hang on. Uh, we have a, a caller going by the name Bob who actually had a heart attack and was, uh, was out, gone for a while. Bob, yeah. you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Preston. How are you? Wonderful, sir. And uh, happy to be alive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite so, happy. So do tell us your story, please. Uh, I was uh, in New Jersey uh, loading propane tanks, and gentleman handed me one. I put it in the truck, went to hand me the second one. I went face down in the back of the truck, and I was out. Wow. Jeez. 15 minutes, and they brought me back. No kidding. So what do in you... In a coma for 12 days. 
What What do you know about what happened while you're out? What have you been told? Uh, I was told the gentleman that was helping me uh, did chest compressions, called an ambulance. Uh, they sat me three times, and I don't I don't remember any of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm was, sure you don't remember any of it. Wow. What was yeah. it? Was it a? Was it like a widow maker? Was it one of you know how? What, what? What exactly did they diagnose you with? What was the condition that led to you collapsing? I got three stents in my heart. All right. Okay. So you have blockage. Yes. Okay. Uh, Bob, about that, you know, so so you were out and then you were in a coma, and you you do remember though the propane tank part, and then that's all that's all that you recall. No, that's what I was told. Oh, I don't even remember driving there. No kidding. So it's crazy. It it blocked out most of that that afternoon or whatever time of day that was for I you. I got a I got a puppy for Christmas. It, this happened in January. I got a puppy in Christmas, and I didn't even remember getting a dog. So this, this oh, wow. just happened this oh, January. Two years ago in January. January. Oh, oh, oh. 10th. How, how many years ago? I'm sorry. Three. Oh, three years ago. My goodness. So no white light, none of that stuff. Um, no spiders, actually. Spiders? What? That's thousands, well, who wants to see spiders? Thousands, thousands and thousands of spiders, and I could hear them crawling on the wall. Dude, that is. I don't a, like that. that. that we, no, <laughs> that's nothing that we would like to I hear. I want a white light in gardens. And, <laughs> yeah, some no, people that you I know don't. loving. <laughs> uh, maybe Bob, have you been? Uh, have you been an evil person? Uh, <laughs> No, I actually have a, a heart of gold. I do more for other people than I do for myself. Wow. So okay. if you had had it this year and it erased memories, Preston, if he had had it this year, the one advantage would have been he could have erased the memory of Wonder Woman 84. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, do you like spiders? Maybe it is heaven for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's the funny thing. Uh, my mom talked to my neighbor in, in the other room, and he had the same vision I did, spiders, and he could hear them. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, it's probably that um, Michael Jackson drug, what the Demerol or whatever. Oh, uh, uh, propofol. Yes. No. 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 Wow. wow. All right, Bob. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. I'm happy yep. to hear you're doing better. Thank you, sir. Have a good flight. All right. You too. <laughs> Casey, one last call. I know we got to wrap it up, but uh, Drew is a cardiology uh, fellow, and uh, he's been on hold for a while, so I want to go to him. Hey, Drew. Good morning. Hey, what's up? You guys rock. Hey, Hello. thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Drew, you heard that last call. Um, is that a uh, uh, a pretty common thing for somebody to to lose that amount of uh, of memory of, of what had happened if they go into cardiac arrest? Yeah, I mean, I think it's different for everyone, but it's not uncommon. It's called re- retrograde amnesia. You forget what happened beforehand, and some of that is the medicines you get when you're sedated, but oh. also just the trauma of the event. Is it? Is it also, does your body kick in and... Um, is it some sort of natural evolution that allows us to forget something that's traumatic immediately? Probably, yeah. yeah. There's probably some sort of like psychological element to it, but huh. who knows? Well, what would you say, uh, Drew? You know, the people who uh, uh, have uh, you know collapsed in front of you. Uh, you know, obviously, you want to call nine one one. But what are the most important things for people to, to remember when that happens? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, call nine one one. That's first and foremost. Start compressions. I think you know if. if you feel for a pulse and there is no pulse, start compressions. Even okay. if they have a weak pulse and they have a low blood pressure, it's better to start compressions and be conservative as opposed to not giving anyone aid. I think as one of the, one of the previous callers said, kind of the, the biggest um, determinant to the, to the outcome of the event is if someone's going to get CPR and then ultimately if you have access to a defibrillator, you know, using that. All right. right. Okay. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, we, this guy, uh, you know, the soccer player that we started on this conversation uh, was out for, I don't know, five minutes or so. And then uh, they managed to, uh, to, to bring him back. Uh, right away, are you? Um, it, it, do you guys see uh, stuff like that a lot? Yeah, I mean it's it's not uncommon. You know, sudden cardiac death in, in young athletes is one of the you know leading causes of death in this age group. So, the, the unusual thing about this scenario is that you know this guy was like an elite athlete. He yes. was a you know LeBron James level like superstar. Yeah. So he would have had a ton of cardiac testing beforehand, and it just goes to show you that you can't always catch these sort of things. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, these, these events are terrible when they occur. He is extremely lucky that he was at an event where they had a defibrillator that was working and that was able to be used on him. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's so important that these, that these are available and that if they're available and they're at a location that they are checked to make sure that they're functioning. Um, and then for anyone that's concerned, like you guys mentioned before, there's all these great organizations. I work with Simon's Heart, which is a great organization that screens youth athletes and, Anyone who wants to come and, and get checked out, it's important um, that they do that for peace of mind, but it's also important that they go somewhere where the people know what they're doing so that they don't get any kind of false information. Or Yep. No, that's good advice. Good advice. Excellent. All right, Drew, thanks for the heads up. We appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Stay safe. All right, have a good one. See you. Yeah, so he recommends Simon's Heart, and that's what we did. We did our thing, uh, the screening with Simon's Heart and Aiden's Heart. Uh, and so uh, uh, so Aiden's Heart is, that's that's my friend's uh, foundation, and they, they actually have some events that are going on this week because uh, Aiden's birthday is this week. So if, if you go to Facebook and go to Aiden and search Aiden's Heart Foundation, there are some events that uh, you can go to uh, tomorrow, actually all this week. So if you go to that Facebook page, Aiden's Heart um, you can, you know, find out a way to help. Okay. And this is all to, like, help get, like, defibrillators. Excellent. That's awesome. Preston, do you think there are any benefits to actually watching an episode of Heart to Heart? Oh, it can't hurt. Okay. It can't hurt. All right. I mean, Mrs. H was gorgeous. Yes. Um, so, Christian Erickson, it looks like he's better. That's uh, excellent. This, the soccer player. Um, but they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened to him and why that occurred. Case that information should be posted on PrestonSteve.com? Well, so we, we can. Okay, yeah. We can. Might as well. All right, uh, for the first time in over a year, we have guests in our Acme Lounge as we speak. Is that right? Wow. We do. Yes, we do. And we are going to welcome them into our studio in just a moment. We haven't had a guest in 465 uh-huh. days. Well, I don't think we could have picked a better guest. Absolutely. So when we return, we will get Candace Bushnell here because at the Bucks County Playhouse, you will be, see is, you will be seeing Is There Still Sex in the City? And we'll tell you about more of that and meet our in-studio guests when we return. Stay put. We'll be right back. Roll up your sleeves. It's time for the I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive. Hey, gang, this year's event is this Friday. Make your donation appointment now at WMMR.com. And then cut out early on a Friday to help those in need. Choose from two locations, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks or the Event Center inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia in the South Philly Sports Complex. Donors get the newest Preston and Steve t-shirt, juice provided by Everfresh Juice, and the pride of knowing you've made a difference. Appointments are required for safety protocols, so sign up today at WMMR.com. The 16th annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive, benefiting the American Red Cross. Sponsored by Recovery Centers of America. Get addiction help at recoverycentersofamerica.com. And 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Living, breathing, human beings sitting in our studio just to my left here. Our first guest in 465 days. That blows my mind. I know. Yeah. And it's great to be able to uh, welcome some people into our studio. So we are 
happy to uh, tell you about Is There Still Sex in the City at the Bucks County Playhouse. Performances start on the 22nd, go through July 18th. We would like to welcome the creator of Sex in the City, writer of 10 books and all kinds of great stuff, Candace Bushnell is here this morning. Good morning, and along with Candace is the producing director of Is There Still Sex in the City, Mr. Alex Fraser. Hey. 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 Good morning. Thank you guys for joining us. So, yeah, we're excited to have, you know, face-to-face, <laughs> eye contact, all this uh, connectivity that we're going to get here in the studio. So thanks for being here, guys. Thrill. We appreciate it. Candace, um, 10 books I had mentioned that uh, that you've written uh, when did you begin as an author, just to, to, to get a start? When when did you first put pen to paper and realize, I can do this? I Well, I was first published when I was 19. Wow. So I knew, and I talk about some of this in the in the show, but I knew very on as a, as a kid that I wanted to be a writer. And then I just had to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I started very early and struggled for a long time. Uh, and then got the column Sex in the City. But I'd written quite a few. I was really developing, in a sense, Sex in the City, my style, all of that, all through my 20s. A lot of what became familiar to us as that article and what came uh, that column and became the show, you were sort of honing. We would recognize elements in earlier work of yours. Well, I started writing about some of the characters in Sex in the City actually in the 80s. Wow. Okay. So there were a couple of characters. I had names for them, like Amelita Almalfi is a character <laughs> who was in the first season and of the show. And that was a character I started writing about in probably 1988. Wow. When, when, so you, you've, it's funny because you, you, you worked your way through so much of what is so intrinsically New York and the New York experience. And uh, I was telling Preston that you, um, you worked with Anna Wintour and and uh, and that whole deal. And we're we're massive fans of the Devil Wears Prada and and that whole dynamic. So you've lived a lot of the stuff that we are fascinated with. Um, so you were born in Connecticut, and and did did you just say it's got to be New York or nothing else? Uh, as a kid, I always planned to live in New York and be a writer because that's where the writers live. Right. I, you know, I grew up in in the suburbs, kind of the country. And nobody I knew was in any kind of a creative business. And, you know, I just didn't come from a world where doing something creative was even considered a possibility. I mean, people would just laugh at you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I went to college for a year and then I ran away to New York. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's a ballsy move to do that. It was very ballsy. Very ballsy. And... When I look back on it, I think I, I was fearless. Yeah. I was just absolutely fearless at 18, 19, 20s. And that's how human beings are supposed to be. I mean, we are supposed to be fearless at that time and leave the nest. How did you get imbued with that? Did that come from your parents? They're both successful, yes? Yes, they are. Um, or did, does it, it was, no, did it spark I think with I you? Just, I, you know, I think I was just one of those kids, like so many people who end up in New York. You feel like you're the one different person <laughs> in your town. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, a town full is, of different people. That is the sort of universal story amongst 
so many people who come to New York, I just felt a little different. Yeah. I just, I had to go to New York and find my people. And Alex, being a theatrical producer, you're surrounded by people who were fearless and <laughs> saying, I'm going to go to New York and do this. I was uh, raised in Memphis. Okay. My, my father was a kid in New York and grew up in New York. And the first time we went, I think I was eight years old, and I looked at him and said, why did you leave? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, it's a horrible place. <laughs> and we both went to New York when we were 17, in fact, okay. the same year. Mm-hmm. Well, coincidence. So is, is there Sex in the City, um, the, the stage show, one-woman show? This is your debut on stage, correct, Hannah's? It is. Though I've I've seen many interviews with you. You're a very dynamic speaker. You seem to have the ability to tell stories very effectively. But this is still a big hurdle. I think if I really thought about it, I probably would freak out because <laughs> you know, for some I you know, this this started it was a little bit of a smaller idea. It was because I do a lot of lectures. Yeah. And I've been doing lectures for years and I'm I'm I have a side of me that's really lazy and I never ever once sat down and wrote out a lecture. I would just get up and wing it and tell stories, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um but that's what I did. So then I thought that this would probably be like a modified version of that. And then I showed up at rehearsal and I was like, "Wait, who are all these people? I got props. Yeah. I've got blocking. I have to talk on the phone. I actually have to act. Yeah. Even though it's from your experience, yeah, it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah. And I have to stick to the script yeah. as well. So it's 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 a lot. And I also realize it's not the kind of thing that everybody can do. Because you have to keep so many different things in your brain at the same time. You know, the blocking and the the emotion and... Yeah, the you way know, you carry yourself, it. your movement, yeah, movements, all, all that stuff. There's no way I could that. never do that. Oh, it's it, we are we we are amazed when people, you know, the, the classic one man, one woman shows oh. where you know, like what what be Goldberg did, or 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 when Patrick <laughs> Stewart Palmetary. did a Charles yeah. it, uh, To me, it defies. We've attempted to cut thirty second promos for a local TV station, and you would have thought we were staging Moby Dick live. <laughs> right. It was. It was right. I mean, it just seems so impossible. But because this is so near and dear to you. It is your it, these your it's your 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 child basically that you're performing on, on stage. Yes. Does that help? It certainly does. Okay. It does. I wrote it. Uh, you know that helps, and and it is my story. Yeah. So, yes, that definitely helps. So, so the question that you ask is: There's still sex in the city, and that's a good question to ask. Um, Obviously, there was the, the, the you know, you, you'd written this. Did the, the idea of the one-woman play start at the beginning of the writing of the, the – because this is uh, well, the book. Well, actually, I I started writing the book, Is There Still Sex in the City? I think I started writing it in 2017. Okay. 2018. It came out in 2019. And it was really inspired by the reality of my life and the Sex in the City woman – 25 years later yeah and it's it's really it's you know it's the same woman that i was writing about in sex in the city she was single in her 30s ambitious uh 
you know, maybe looking for love or but really looking for herself. And then what happened for me anyway, and most of my Sex in the City friends ended up getting married, having kids. I didn't have kids, but a lot of my friends did. And then having a more conventional life. So the, the Sex in the City years are, are really now like a phase in women's lives. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is I got divorced. I thought, oh, gosh, I'm the only one who's divorced. And then all of my friends ended up getting divorced as well. <laughs> you <laughs> joined the party. You know, yeah. People who you think, oh, my God, they're so in love. <laughs> they have problems. And there are also a lot of changes that happen. There's a lot of loss in your 50s because, you know, just because of our human lifespan, yep. chances are you're going to lose a parent. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if you get divorced, a lot of people have to move. They're really upending their lives that they've had for, you know, what they thought was going to be a pretty stable life, you know, that would go on where you really have to make changes in your fifties, move, find a new group of people. And what I found was that all of my sex in the city friends, we all kind of came back. Isn't that wild? And- what was interesting was that a couple of the characters who were my original inspiration for the characters in Sex and the City be- were, you know, were part of this group. And so it was, again, a big group of single women. We're all in our 50s, even some of us in our early, you know, in our 60s. And once again, the same things happened. Everybody wants to start dating. <laughs> they want to know about relationships, right. but things have changed. There's the internet, and you know, because of porn, <laughs> people have, you know, there are things that we never would have thought would have been okay. For instance, younger guys being after older women. Yes, twenty five yeah. years ago, that was like, ooh, it's a cougar, or ooh, it's, but now. You know, people are much more open to different ideas, and the, there's this idea that an older woman, because of the MILF, is sexy mm-hmm. and is also an object of desire. So one of the things that my friends and I found was, and we were looking at each other like, this cannot be, but it happened to all of us. We had like 23-year-old guys after us, and we would be like, is he flirting with us? <laughs> does he know? I, does he know? Like, was, it, was that was that the most? Was that one of the more pronounced? Because not only are you so the the original collective is back together. You have this dynamic that right. now it's aged by by some time, but there's still a lot of the same things that made you what you were then are still component parts of who you are now. Yes. But not only are you dealing with the the advancing of time, but the world, as you said, with the internet. And with things that have, you know, we hear about people who have, you talk about porn and porn addiction that have made, we, we, we talk about this on the air of guys who believe, oh, what I just saw in that 30 second loop on my computer, that's what intimacy is. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with all that. Yes. And, yeah. and I make a couple of jokes about this in the show, but yeah, I mean, sex is, it's definitely changed in that sense. Like, I talk to young women, you know, oh, they hooked up with someone, and I'll say, 
how long was the hookup? Five minutes. <laughs> you know, the whole thing from beginning to end is five minutes. It's like, wait a minute. You need at least 30 minutes here. Right. But no one's got time. I, I got to go on my phone, you know. Right. I got to check Twitter. Yeah. Or TikTok, I suppose. Yeah. Candace, I, I watched the, the TV show, and, and I'll do respect to the Carrie Bradshaw uh, character arc, but I really, towards the end of the show, uh, found the, the character arcs of, of Charlotte and Miranda and, and Samantha just more interesting, and, and there was more um, going on in their lives that I found personally uh, fascinating. Uh, and when you talked about older women hooking up with younger men, it just brought to mind um, Samantha and Smith on, on uh, mm-hmm. Sex in the City, the TV show. Did that... Uh, is it a case of life imitating art, imitating life for you? Well, that happens a lot. I mean, I, I actually, I had a husband who was 10 years younger. Um, so that was always kind of a part of my life, but yes, there's, is there's a lot of that. And for instance, I married a ballet dancer and Hmm. Who does Carrie end up going out with? Yeah, ballet dancer. Mikhail Baryshnikov. Yeah, exactly. Uh And she got a good one. Yes, yeah, so and there are a lot of, you know, little sort of crossovers, homages, as Darren Starr likes to say. Um, and uh, it's it's fun. Well, let, it, I love it. Let me but, ask Alex, so your charge, Candace is arguably, um, you know, you, you are a, a pop culture nexus for so mm-hmm. much that has gone on. A lot of what you thought of and created became part of the nomenclature i mean it's, it's this is a, a a huge chunk of it so alex you're left your charge is to help port what what candace has wanted to convey onto the stage how does that how does that work well we're really lucky because candace has two knockout talents she's an incredible writer and she's an incredible communicator and she's a natural and watching her i mean one, I've done a lot of one-man shows, Ian McKellen on up, and um, wow. it's the writing. you got to write it. It's <clears> got to be on the page, and it has to have a beginning, middle, and end, and you have to tell a story, and you have to engage people, and it's tough. And she's done an incredible job. So the script itself is really strong. We've been working on it a lot, and um, we're really excited. But also, she's a natural communicator. She's funny. She's she knows what she thinks. She's directing her communication, and we think that's going to come really strong. It's it's such a cool thing to have that. Um, I mean, a lot of people talk about, of all the entertainers, whether they're in film or whatever, that that stage thing to look out and see faces looking back at you and your messages going straight through is the thing they always reference as the purest form of what they do. So um, I assume you've done a few test runs yet or no? Uh, rehearsals and in front of an audience. Yes, okay. we, we have. All right, and was that um, nerve-wracking, or did it feel right? Or both? I think it's a little, uh, it's nerve-wracking, but also, I think there's another element to this that it's very, you know, it's a pattern. Yeah. And it's there's a real physical element to it. Um, and... No, I haven't. I've I've really just done it in front of a few people. So okay. it's it's yeah. I you mean, know, it's, it's I don't know. I mean, it feels it feels good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, coming from from a place, and we were talking about some of the people at SNL during um yeah, during the the pandemic, and when they had limited audience, when your audience starts to get a little bit larger, things start to hit with different people, and your reaction. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. You know, it's the difference, and so. 
they were towards the end. They had their full show with a, a full attendance and jokes, or, you know, or just references or experiences hit and resonate. Your odds of hitting with someone increases. So. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, uh, Candace Bushnell is here and Alex Frazier, and uh, they're talking about uh, Is There Still Sex in the City, which is uh, playing at Bucks County Playhouse. First performance is coming up on June 22nd. It'll run through mid-July, July 18th to be more specific. Uh, Candace, I want to touch on something that Steve said. He, he said um, the nexus of pop culture. And uh, I remember at, as the television show uh, was taking on a life of its own, and it had it blossomed into this thing uh, that was just constant conversation among people. Uh, we use, we relied on it for yeah. for show material yeah. all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. What was that evolution like to see this baby that you know? Okay, a TV show. Wow. I hope it. I, ho- I hope it takes off, <laughs> and then it takes off, and then yes. it really takes off. And blossoms into where not only is it a TV show, it's a TV show that's being referenced in movies and other forms of of entertainment that have popped up. What was that? What was that ride like as it was ascending? It had to have been amazing. Well, I you know I think that people it happened really slowly over time. I, I mean that's re, that's the reality. Yeah. And you know we shot the pilot. We didn't know for months and months and months for nine months or ten months and that it was going to go to series. Oh. And then, you know, HBO never ordered another season, I think until there were three or four seasons in. Um, so, so you really don't know. Mm-hmm. And the reality of TV is, you know, I've been on sets. I was on the set of Lipstick Jungle, where which was my second TV show, and... It was a Friday, and they they said, hey, we're shutting this down. So it's a very unpredictable business. And there's a part of it that is really out of your control. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, and so you just have to enjoy it. So it really grew. It actually grew slowly. Because remember, it was on HBO. Yeah. It wasn't on network TV. Right. And, and HBO was and a different animal at the time. HBO was yeah. a different animal. They mm-hmm. had a limited number of subscribers. Mm-hmm. So it was really word of mouth. That's true. And it was a cult following, and then more and more people started watching it. And, I mean, I like to think that it's it was certainly one of the reasons why people were signing up to watch HBO. Well, it helped shift the, the model a little bit. They, they started creating far more. I mean, that was without without Sex in the City and, and what it became. I don't think you would have had them exploring, creating more new content. And, and that became, I mean, ex- back then they had shows like Dream, I mean, even before you, Dream On and things like that, you know. Well, they all, they only had one show before Sex in the City. Oh, did, okay. Arliss. Arliss. Mm. Yes. Yeah, see, people don't remember that. And then they had Arliss, Sex in the City, and then The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was, I think it was really like their second or third scripted show that they'd ever done. It's so weird because you, you've spent all your time as, as a writer. And, you're, you know, a lot of your time is spent in isolation. You're, you're, it is. Hours and hours and hours living in, in a world. And yet to, to inform what you do, I, we think of you as the ultimate, you know, fo- uh, FOMO person, you know, who's, who's got to be tapped into everything. How, I, do, you, how I, do you juggle both? It's hard. Yeah. Because it's my nature. I am the ultimate FOMO person. Right, right. I am. If I hear about a party that I wasn't invited to, <laughs> I, 
I'm really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the other way. I'm like, thank yeah. you so no. much. Yeah, yeah. I see. Here's the deal. I want to be invited to the party. I just don't want to go. Yeah, same way. But you yeah. want to go, right? I want to go. Yeah. And, and But, you know, that's so New York because, yeah. you know, New York before the Internet, which was really most of most of the time of New York, everybody went out. That yeah. was where life took place. Life did not take place in your apartment. Yeah. It took place on the street. It took place in the restaurants. Every place was theater in New York. As soon as you stepped outside and you had to interact with people, you were constantly interacting with people. Um are we losing that? Have we I, lost that? Yes, I think so. Especially even now, accelerated exponentially because of what just happened? Well, I think when I see New York now, one of the differences I see is that, you know, before the pandemic, everybody was on their phones all the time. Right. And, you know, being on your phone, it's it's really a great way to kind of remove yourself from a situation like, oh, I'm just going to go on my phone mm-hmm. and go into that world. Right. That's something that you didn't used to be able to do in New York. And now I've noticed since the pandemic and New York's coming back, people are really valuing oh. that interpersonal experience. And when I go to restaurants, I see people have their phones down. People are not sitting in restaurants on their phones. They are engaged with each other. And that's one of the big differences. And even walking down the street, I don't see so many people on their phones constantly. So there is hope. Mm-hmm. We've had enough time on the yeah. phone. Exactly. Yeah. We had a year and a half on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Time yeah. to put it down. I yeah. think people are a little sick of screens. Yeah. yeah. I, I am. I and think people want that authentic in person, I am there experience. I get annoyed sometimes. Like, I'm like, what are you checking your phone for again? Like, I know. I it's enough is enough. Thing. It's Who like, cares? Why, t- why am I looking at Instagram where, okay, I just got one follower and lost two? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you talked about the, it used to be about going to, you know, being in a, in a place late at night with Carl Lagerfeld or, or, you know, somebody who's there and who are the people who are there. And, and, and now it's more about, how many hits, how many likes, how many, you know, that all that business that could be conducted conceivably while you're sitting on the toilet at home. You know, it, it, it's it's not the same sort of thing in a time where, um, you know, apparently did you, you you had you had visited Studio 54 when you got to New York. Is that correct? Or Oh, yes. OK, so I love the movie 54. I, I'm fascinated by that time period and, and Steve Rubell and all that stuff. Um, but to me, and the funny thing is, is I couldn't, I probably, the, the notion of going to a place like that is, would, is horrifying to me, but the lifestyle is fascinating. You know, so, so that was something, are we ever going to see something like that? Like the, where, where that, you know, those places would pop up like, oh, everyone's going. Will that happen again? That's a good question. I, you know, I, uh, part of that happened because you have, uh, you know, I mean, Manhattan, it's an island. Yeah. So, you know, people who are on that island have their, you know, there's a really shared experience. Like, we are stuck on this island <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, the reality is, you know, the people who went out and who were written about, bold-faced names, et cetera, we're probably talking about 2,000 people. Okay. You know, it's the 2,000, 
kind of in crowd. And you could survive on that. I mean, there were all of those restaurants. And I mean, I don't know how many people were in Studio 54, maybe a max of five or six hundred a night. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it, it was a thousand, maybe. But you I just think, always think so much more like it's the, the, the biggest thing. Yes. But there was also, you know, again, it goes back to that live theater idea of, you know, there was a shared experience and excitement that happens when people are together in the same space. Right, right. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I think I think you're right about people wanting to be back to that. That's why this is a great opportunity, because. I mentioned to a couple of people you were coming on the show and they f- they freaked out because you, you mean so much in so many ways to so many people. Uh, and here's a perfect way to get up and cl- up close and personal, as they say. So, yes, yes. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, I feel like really designing the show, it's like a, it's a night out with your friends. Yeah. You should come with your friends, uh, have a great time, and... That's how I see it. It's, it's like girlfriends getting together, yeah. guy friends getting together. Let's go and do something. Yes. You know, let's our, do something. Our bartenders it. are getting the Cosmos ready. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Question on that real quick, because uh, Marissa, uh, one of our producers, she's in the other room, is a, a diehard uh, fan of uh, Sex and City. Is Cosmo, is that still on your uh, menu at all? Do you still drink those? I do. Yeah. And sometimes I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'll say, oh, I'll order a Cosmo. And then I think, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, so it's so obvious. Yeah. It's so obvious. But, yes, I do still drink them. I Not the way I used to. Okay. okay. I got gotcha. you. You know, right. it's like uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be plenty on hand at the Bucks County Playhouse yes. uh, for this show. Oh, in fact, after the show, I'm going to do a book signing. Excellent. Oh, wow. So, and we're going to sell books. So okay. that's another way to, you can come to the show and then get a book signed. It's great. Wonderful. It's, it's a great opportunity. Excellent. People well, are chomping at the bit. I think it's going to be great. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Live shows again, live in-studio guests. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, we want to thank you guys for coming by here today. And you're going to be in the neck of the woods over the next month or so. So that'll be nice having you close yeah. by. Uh, we wish you great success. And uh, just to remind people that uh, is there still sex in the city? Uh, is going to be a Bucks County Playhouse. Uh, the performances begin next Tuesday, June 22nd. They go through July 18th. And you can get tickets available at bcptheater.org. We'll put the link up on com and make it very easy for yep. you to get those tickets. Great to meet you guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Guys. We Thank appreciate you it. so much. No problem. Candace and Alex is here this morning on the Preston and Steve Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay close. Next Sunday, Foo Fighters will rock Madison Square Garden at the first fully attended, fully vaccinated music event. And MMR wants you and a guest to be there. Thursday, just keep track of the Foo Fighters songs we play, starting with Preston and Steve at 6 a.m. through the workforce block. Then have your list ready around noon when Pierre asks for it, and you could be off to the big show in the Big Apple with hotel stay and Amtrak tickets, courtesy of RCA Records. So, number one, be listening for the songs Thursday. Number two, be vaccinated. And number three, be ready to rock with the Foo Fighters and 20,000 fans at MSG. Yeah! 
from the station that's so freaking happy live music is back. This is going to be the show we'll be talking about for the next 20 years of our lives. What do you think about that? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, let's take another run at this, shall we? No, let's yeah. do this. Now, WMMR yeah. presents yeah. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre <laughs> Alright, it's brought to you by Jersey Mike's. You can try the new griddled, grilled uh, portobello and Swiss sub only at Jersey Mike's. Order on the app and skip the line. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Alright, a South African woman reportedly has given birth to ten babies. Ten babies! On Monday. If true, it sets a new world record. Goziami Thamara Sithole. What? Was said to have delivered a set of de uh, in the hospital in Pretoria, South Africa's capital. These are the Sithole Desupplets. Yes, although no photos have been taken of the children, Sithole's husband. <laughs> you Sithole. <laughs> Teboho. So, so, so Tetsi, yes, uh, told of the children's arrival. Uh, so Tetsi is pleased yet surprised due to her uh, prenatal scans only showing eight babies in her womb. Where, where now? I, I saw this picture that's up on the screen here, President, that was floating around of her prior to her birth. Mm -hmm. um, and the uh, the baby bump, so to speak. Uh, looks like it could house ten babies. Yeah, it looked like uh, you remember Octomom. You remember uh, yes. Nadia Sulman? It was that right. gigantic of a stomach. Uh, the Pretoria News had interviewed a couple prior to the birth, or the couple prior to the birth, and then earlier in an interview in, t in anticipation of eight children being born. Uh, Sithole reportedly gave birth naturally to five of the children and the remaining five via cesarean delivery. So those kids are literally living in a sithole. <laughs> That's right, yes. The parents also have a pair of six-year-old twins at home. Uh, oh the new arrivals would bring the couple's child count to 12. Sid Hole, who was apparently just over seven months into her pregnancy when she gave birth. As each baby came out, they put their finger up to the top of her uh, vagina and said, peanut butter. Uh, the South African government is still working to confirm that Sid Hole did, in fact, give birth to ten children. Well, even eight's pretty good. Uh, the Guinness Book of World Record is also awaiting official word. If confirmed, Sid Hole and Sotetsi will hold a new record for most births by a single pregnancy. Last month, Halima Sise of Mali gave birth to nine children in Morocco, and that would have been the record. Okay, the question is here, was fertility... Um, they have not indicated in this drugs? story. They have not okay. indicated that. Like Sidhole, uh, Sissy's prenatal scan only had shown eight children, by the way. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's probably pronounced Sithole or something like that, but I like Sidhole. Yeah, it's better. It's more fun to say it that way. A 21-year-old Florida woman who was naked from the waist down in a Circle K told the cop that uh, another deputy told her that it was okay to do that. Okay. Responding to a one thirty. Okay, I'm sorry. To a one thirty a.m. naked woman in public call last Thursday, police found Kendall Mabry, sans pants or underwear, inside the convenience store in Umatilla, a city about 45 miles from Orlando. A Circle K clerk and a sheriff's deputy both reported seeing Mabry emerge from the store's bathroom with no pants or underwear on. Well, most of the signs do say no shirt, no shoes, no business, but um, they never mention pants. When asked about her state of undress, uh, Mabry reportedly stated that another deputy told her that it was fine to do that. So that's why. <laughs> that's all, <huh? laughs> she was just porky pigging it. <laughs> 
Uh, Mabry was arrested for disorderly intoxication, oh, by the way. Oh, okay. She was drunk. Mm-hmm. A woman who makes what's called stuck fetish content mm. has revealed that she got trapped inside a metal folding chair and had to be freed by the jaws of life. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Sydney Joe, who's from Ann Arbor, Michigan, documented her panic on TikTok after she squeezed herself into a small opening in the chair and realized that she couldn't get herself out. So this is a fetish. <laughs> yep. So she said for the last, and she explained it here at the end of the story. For the last 30 minutes, she wrote, I am, I've been uh, stuck, been trying to get unstuck out of this metal chair. I'm literally stuck in it. I can't get out, and I'm panicking because I don't know what to do. The video showed her standing with her waist trapped between the seat and the chair and the bars attached to the legs. Sydney explained that she couldn't suck in her stomach and wiggle herself out because the chair was caught on her tailbone and pelvic bone. Uh, panicked viewers offered her suggestions in the comments, telling her to unscrew the screws or to try and get out the way she got in. Some just wanted to know why she was stuck in the chair in the first place. She later shared that she had to call the fire department and was feeling embarrassed that they had to use the jaws of life to free her. Uh, firefighters tried to use bolt cutters to release her, but when that failed, they brought out the jaws of life, a hydraulic cutter typically used to free people from crashed cars. After they cut her out, she was able to step out of what remained of the metal folding chair. Uh, she later answered questions about how she got trapped, first addressing how she was able to get in the chair but not out. Uh, but the biggest question was why she did it in the first place. Uh, she said, well, my whole TikTok is basically sex work and giving sex work advice, specifically online sex work. And stuck is a fetish category that I'm pretty popular in, and I've done it for about nine years now. And, yeah, I was just working. It's my job. So probably not the answer you're expecting, but I was literally working. Sydney told BuzzFeed that fans pay $1.99 a minute to watch her trap herself in some way and then try to get free. She said typically they want to see you get stuck in something and actually struggle to get out. It's, like, not fake at all. They want to see you get unstuck at the end, though. They don't want to see you permanently stuck. She explained that she tends to pick situations that she knows she can get out of. And while she has had some close calls, this is the first time she was truly trapped. It's a living. So some people get off on that. Yeah, true. Yep. All right, and then we'll have one more story wrap it up. A former prison sergeant in Minnesota was sentenced to 120 days in jail. Do we need to break? Yes. I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I totally forgot. I to. have to skip the. I'm sorry. What? We, we literally have to. I'll come back to that tomorrow. All sorry, right. But we'll, we we got to take a break in the oh, interest man. of time and getting our clients in the time that they paid for. So that's the bizarre file. Yay! Sorry to teach you with that. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Fighters are going to be playing a show at Madison Square Garden. This will be the first fully attended concert in the Big Apple. The entire audience, the requirement is to be fully vaccinated. It's going to be Sunday, June 20th, and we will have a pair of tickets, hotel, and train transportation to give away this Thursday right here on MMR. Roasted. Uh, it's totally roasted. So listen, you listen to us, the President and Steve show, and then Pierre, 6 a.m. to noon, keep track of all the Foo Fighter songs played, and then listen for Pierre's cue to call afternoon. Be the correct caller, name all the songs, and you win. It's amazing. All right, make sure that you are vaccinated to be eligible, fully vaccinated for that, but... That's a great prize right yeah. there, man. I'm yeah. excited about that. Excellent. So I'll reiterate that when we get to music news, which is coming up in a little bit. But in the meantime, 
Uh, we're going to do today's lesson question, and we are going to give away a $50 Rita's gift card. And let's see if we can ask you this question. You may know the answer to. Uh, for EMTs, a helpful phrase to remember is Edison before medicine. And what's the other phrase that's applicable once you leave work? 215-263-WMMR. Steve had asked our EMT who we had on the phone if this particular phrase would be okay as well. And he said, only once you leave work. All right, so for EMTs, a helpful phrase to remember is Edison before medicine. What other phrase is applicable at once you leave work? 215-263-WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you this morning by A.D. Moyer Lumber. A.D. Moyer Lumber has been supplying quality building materials and service for over 80 years. Four generations, one family, one commitment. You can learn more at ADMoyer.com. What's going on, Steve? Well, 6-foot-10-inch Lamar Odom knocked out 5-foot-11-inch Aaron Carter in a, quote, celebrity boxing match in Atlantic City over the weekend. After the fight, Carter said he felt he was at a disadvantage by constantly having to move his step stool. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> NBC's competition show, Preston, you mentioned this. Ultimate Slip and Slide had to shut down production after a number of the crew members came down with explosive diarrhea. In the interim, NBC will replace the Ultimate Slip and Slide with the Great American Raw Chicken Licking Contest. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work out. And finally, Kim Kardashian reporting another misstep on her path to becoming a lawyer after failing what is known as the baby bar exam for the second time. Kim is apparently considering a lesser-known option, which would allow her to register as a stupid lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood trash. Okay, to the phones we go. Let's see if we can get this uh, answer. Uh, The question is, for EMTs, a helpful phrase to remember is Edison before medicine. And what other phrase is applicable once you leave work? I will go to Maureen and see if we can get an answer. Hey there, Maureen. Good morning. All right, Maureen, what uh, other phrase is applicable once you leave work as an EMT? Bros before hoes. You got it. (laughs) Hang on, Maureen. We are going to get you a $50 Rita's gift card. You can try the new and refreshing Ocean Splash Italian Ice. At Rita's, perfect in both the Shimmering Mermaid and Yummy Gummy Shark Gelati. It's available for a limited time only at Rita's. Splish, splash, yum. Yum! Roasted. Let's do... (laughs) Yum! Let's do... Oh, by the way, Steve, real quick, before we do music news, somebody just texted it in and says, Oh, Steve. (laughs) Yoo-hoo! I love it. So that's for you, mystery texter. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, brought to you this morning by OmahaSteaks.com. You can type Preston in the search bar and get the Get Out and Grill assortment for 59% off. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword Preston in the search bar. Uh, we'll start with an announcement, a concert announcement, oh, if you will. Okay. Uh, you can give me a, a drum roll if you like, Chris, or, <coughs> or you can fart <clears throat> in the microphone. By the way, Kathy laughed at that part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she you guys caught did. that. She <laughs> did. We did it. We did it. We did it. We got her. I like that's so rare. You like that little one? <laughs> I don't know. That little squeaker? You like when really. it's in conjunction with a concert announcement. <laughs> <You know. laughs> MMR announces Tuesday, August 31st, at the Skyline Stage at the Man, a Dropkick Murphy. 
Yep. Drop Kick Murphy's will be performing. And uh, tickets for the show will go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. And you can listen for your chance to win. You can stop that out. Uh, <laughs> listen... It was just one time. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, listen for your chance to win tickets before you can buy them all this week to Jackson. He will have your chance to win. Complete information at WMMR.com, including extra chances to win for MMR VIP. So it's not just Dropkick Murphys. <sighs> Who else? It's also Rancid. No. Oh, no kid. Yeah. Oh. That's oh, amazing. Rancid. I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? That's like Marissa's go-to right there. I didn't see that part. Sorry. So Rancid will be there, too. That's a party. It's Tuesday, August 31st at Skyline Stage at The Man. So those tickets on sale Friday uh, via Ticketmaster.com. Heads up on that. Wow. Yep. Are you having any uh, like allergy thing or or pollen thing? Um, I know I've been I've coughed several times. No, I've had because I have my you can hear my voice. Yeah, I had a couple of weeks ago. I had a coughing fit. Yeah. Um, and it's it's similar to what I'm feeling now, and I'm trying to suppress this. It's a tickle in my throat. Yeah. It's in the same spot that it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was bad. Like my daughter was getting afraid. I think I need to go to the doctor. I think uh, that looked. I out. know people are enjoying listening to my <clears throat> sultry sexiness and the raspiness, but <laughs> for me, it's annoying as hell. Have you ever yeah. tried to do a self trach? Yeah, yeah, I tried. Okay, yeah, I, I did an anal trach and it wasn't the same. You went through that way. Yeah, that's a long way, but yeah. it, sometimes I, that's the best way. I know. I skipped up my Neil Med and keeping everything clean and good. So hopefully that'll pay off. All right, I uh, got a few other stories. Six months after Kiss's New Year's Eve blowout in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, the Rock Legends returned to the stage Friday to perform a mini-concert in New York's Battery Park as part of the Tribeca Film Festival. The five-song performance, complete with pyrotechnics, moving stage platforms, full makeup, and most importantly, an audience, was in celebration of the upcoming A&E two-part documentary biography, Kistory. They went pretty subtle on the fireworks press. I, I, know, I know, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I mean, wow. so so I love how they're, this is our farewell, yeah. this is it. Uh-huh. Yeah, BS. I really mean it. Uh, this premieres on the network on June 27th and 28th. By the way, uh, Gene has said, you know, that... The band Kiss could carry on without either he or Paul as well. Like, slap some other people in makeup and keep the machine going. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Uh, great to be out here amongst the squirrels. uh, While you were not chickens, I still admire you. (laughs) You noble beasts. (laughs) Out there at Battery Park. Yeah, Battery Park. Uh, Kiss is set featured Detroit Rock City, Shout It Out Loud, Rock and Roll All Night, Heavens on Fire, and War Machine. As for the shortened set, Paul Stanley admitted, we don't have a permit to make a long show, so this is a little short. It's like a sampling before you get your big meal in August. Uh, That month, KISS will resume the U.S. leg of their COVID-delayed final tour. Uh, Stanley added of the band's first uh, post-COVID concert, "Uh, we couldn't pass up this opportunity. So being from New York, we had to open up New York, so this is our way of saying welcome back to everybody. So they got together, they performed, they did it. Yep. Uh, The Killers have shared a teaser for uh, their upcoming Bruce Springsteen collaboration, Dustland, which is due out on June 16th. Uh, The band has been teasing a killer collab with a mystery artist on social media last week. Hi, this is Bruce Springsteen. Let's collab. And they invited uh, fans to guess the feature. Uh, Springsteen later confirmed the collaboration. Uh, The Killers tweeted... 
The killers tweeted on Thursday, looks like the cat's out of the bag. Uh, when the boss decides it's time to make an announcement, it's time to make an announcement. Mm. Uh, the song appears to be an update on the killers, a Dustland fairy tale before the single off of the 2000 album Day and Age. Uh, I, brought, I, I put this in here. Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls. announced a 24-date summer shed tour, and they're coming to our area. Led by co-founders John Resnick and Bobby Trakic. Uh, they also announced a new side compilation titled Rarities. Uh, the double LP features numerous tracks never before released on digital streaming platforms or any physical format, including B-sides, live songs, acoustic renditions, radio performances, international releases, and additional non-album tracks. I think I might see the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, yeah, I, was, I always enjoyed those guys. Yeah. Um, August 21st at the Man. The uh, funny thing the is, is that the Goo Goo Dolls actually lost a large part of part of their original fan base because they were decidedly different musically in the earlier part of their career. Oh yeah, yeah, and then became. I think they're solid. You know, Johnny Resnick and the songwriting is, is solid, but I yeah, think they were, they were more pop rock. They were punkier, yeah. from what I understand, in the earlier. I couldn't tell days, you. I never yeah. heard any of their earlier stuff. Have no idea. Like Long Way Down was, uh, you know, heavy yeah. for them. That was uh, prior to. Is it Dizzy Up the Girl, maybe? I think that's that had, like, a slide. and Yeah. The song Iris that came out on the love that City of Angels yeah. soundtrack. It's great. That was a great song. By yep. the way, this says it was pressed in 2022. What? Um, <laughs> they said they canceled 2021. and then, I'm confused as well. It says more dates for summer 2022 will be announced soon. What's going on? Uh, know, that's Bruce. a good question, Nick. Uh, this says Goo Goo Dolls 2021 tour dates. Subject to change. Re- okay. We so- have rescheduled the dates for our summer s- tour to uh, summer 2022. Wow. Okay. Bruce, what do you think about that? <laughs> From the news desk, it's just in. 2021, 22, 23 hike. <laughs> I think that sells, that settles it. It us, right settles there. it. Settles <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, uh, come on, get over back. Who cares? We don't even like that. Are you actually tuning to us for legitimate like news? Euchre and uh, Major League. How the hell? Uh, nobody's it? listening anyway. Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> He's a convicted felon. Well, he ought to be. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes, keyboardist Rick Wakeman and legendary yes! legendary Beatles and Pink Floyd engineer Alan Parsons, also of the Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> I've been awarded the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire, or OBE. You are the Most Excellent. At the annual Queen's Birthday Honor. Oh, that's cool. Uh, The Queen's Honors are handed out twice a year in June and at the New Year and are awarded to people for all types of service, including uh, the performing arts. So, yeah, this is from Alan Parsons. But uh, that's cool, man. Rick Wakeman and uh, Alan Parsons receiving. And I think the Queen joined the band Yes on stage for Roundabout. Oh, really? She was in that. Good for her. She's really getting around these She things. loves that stuff. All right. Uh, two things concerning Foo Fighters. Uh, they have announced a pre-tour Los Angeles gig at L.A.'s Canyon Club on Tuesday. So tomorrow. And it's only 610 person capacity. So it's a small venue. Are they prepping for Madison Square Garden? Yeah, they are. They will, uh, it, like their June 20th Madison Square Garden show, it'll be a vaccinated only gig with tickets on sale now and going for $26 <laughs> In celebration of the group's 26th anniversary tour. If you had a tribute band that tri- that was a tribute to the Goo Goo Dolls and the Foo Fighters, would you call yourself the Goo Fighters or the Foo Foo Dolls? 
I don't know. The Goo Fighters? I yeah. think Goo Fighters is better, but Goo Fighters I like is Foo-foo pretty good. Dolls. But Foo Foo Dolls rolls off the tongue <laughs> a little bit better. So, so you'd have to be a tribute band to, to both the Foo Fighters and the Goo Goo Dolls? It's kind of like Bon Journey. Yeah, yeah. Bon Journey. Yeah. Like or that. you could put them together for a compound word like Fugu. Yeah. You could do that. Goo Foo. Goo Foo Fighters. <laughs> Fugu Dolls. Fugu Dolls. Or, or Goo Foo Dolls. Or the Alan Parsons Project. Or the Alan Parsons Project. What do you guys play? For a tribute Ladies band. and gentlemen, Her Royal Majesty the Queen. <laughs> All right, and then I'm going to reiterate the announcement we made earlier uh, about... Roasted! <laughs> what, what did you... What did you the Queen! Roasted! Roasted! Splish splash yum. I thought, I thought you were Rocky saying butt kiss. <laughs> Buck. That's all I heard. Out of those like, how did he get here? Butt kiss. Rocky, I purchased you a canine. His name is Buckus. That's very nice. <laughs> very nice. Who is Alright, and then uh, no. I want to kiss you <laughs> What? Huh? Uh, can't, can't, uh, I'm a widow uh, Perfect Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect opportunity You ready to get back into it <laughs> I want to kiss you Take that crown off You don't have to kiss me back Put down that scepter What a horrible scene in that movie, anyway, by the way. When when he forces himself on her. Corners are like a boxer. Wow. No, it's a corgi. It's a corgi. (laughs) 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 All right. I've never kissed a boxer. You can't win. This is where you live? (laughs) You can't win. You can't win from one or two. It's one. Like all of them. Is yeah. it? Oh, okay. Mm, I thought it was from two. I thought it was also from four. Then, it was from four. I thought you she just says, can't win. I thought she says that earlier, and then later on when she comes out of her coma or whatever, yeah. she goes, I want you to do one thing for me. Right. Lose. Win. Lose. <laughs> Let's end this. We can't live a life yeah, like this, this anymore. Lose. Retire. You're so brain dead, I can't believe it. Go down in the yeah. fifth. <laughs> Take, go for the short money. <laughs> You're an imbecile. You started stupid and it's only gotten worse. It's inspirational. Okay. I was very disappointed to wake from this coma. <laughs> I love I love our Rocky fan fiction. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it's I, I love the paths that we take him on that he that he never has been in the cinematic world. I was talking about Foo Fighters. Oh. Any chance I can go back to this? Because <laughs> sure. uh, the show, the Madison Square Garden gig, is Sunday, June 20th. And we will have a chance for you to win tickets, hotel, and train tra- transportation this Thursday. And what you need to do is listen, starting with us, Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Keep listening till noon with Pierre. And listen for all the Foo Fighter songs that we played that day. We will have Pierre give you a cue to call in around noon or afternoon. If you're the correct caller, you can name all those song titles. You will win. You have to be vaccinated. That's the thing. You have to be fully vaccinated in order to get the tickets. But that is pretty damn sweet, man. I would say you're going to be part of a little slice of history. Agreed. Agreed. 
and you know it'll be a great show. And yes. I have a feeling something's going to happen at that show. I don't know what. I think something cool will happen. Stallone's going to come out. And he will propose <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. queen. Finally. I want to kiss you. <laughs> In front of all these people. <laughs> <laughs> In front of all these people. Rocky Queen. Rocky Queen. <laughs> Maybe it could happen. You never know. Weirder things have happened, yeah. man. So, all right. Anyhow, um, that's all we got. Music news. We're up. That's it. We're all done. right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Get ready to wrap the uh, program up for the day and turn it over to Pierre. So make sure that you stay with us. We'll get the letter of the day, word of the week. We'll tell you what the prize is when we return as well. There's a, there's a poll on our Twitter page right now. Oh, it's uh, if you're starting a tribute band with Foo Fighters and Goo Goo Dolls, what would the name be that you go with? Foo Foo, Foo Dolls or Goo Fighters? So you can vote now uh, on our Twitter account. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. Every revolution, revolution has its roots. Weekdays at 4 p.m. Join Jackson as your guide to MMR's Essential 200. A daily look at the songs that influenced, elevated, or flat-out changed what we call rock and roll. These are the big ones and the not-so-obvious ones that every rock fan should know. See the entire list on WMMR.com, along with insightful commentary on why they matter. MMR's Essential 200 with Jackson, weekdays at 4, all month long. 93.3 WMMR, the station that's played everything that rocks Philly since day one. Rapping for the day. And by rapping, I don't mean like spitting. I mean, no, you know, man. No, I mean like uh, rapping. That's thing. W R A P I N G, rapping for the day. Kathy does all her. Uh, she raps us out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to rap us out today? Yeah. Yeah. Kath busts some skills right now. <laughs> My God. I would, I'd give good money here, Kathy. Good luck. Rap. It's, yeah, not going to happen. Uh,. We have the first guest we've had back in 465 days in our studio. It's freaking amazing. Uh, she was quite lovely, Candace Bushnell, so I thank Yay! her for coming by. As well as her producing director, Mr. Alex Fraser, super nice guy as well. And they are in to promote, they were in to promote, Is There Still Sex in the City? Uh, starring Candace. It's a one-woman show at the Bucks County Playhouse. It's her first time acting. Uh, and she's uh, excited about it. And it begins June 22nd, goes through July 18th. Uh, tickets are available at bcptheater.org. Uh, and it's a, an interesting take on the sex in the city and how the paths of her and her friends went from that type of lifestyle to right. growing up and changing a little bit and then kind of going back to that type of lifestyle a little bit. Yeah, it is cool. And, divorces and, and so on. She's insightful, man. She yeah. really has her, her finger on the pulse and the fact that uh, she says now we are now her new fashion muses. Oh, of course. She's cute as hell, too. She's very cute, yeah. Yeah, so it was really nice to have her by today. Uh, and also thank you for calling from Guy Triano from the Red Cross. Yeah. I believe for presidency, blood drive is on Friday. You need to make your appointments by noon on Thursday. No later than that. Everyone who uh, attempts to donate gets a Preston and Steve uh, special shirt. Uh, this one is a Jaws-themed one. It's so good. Case. 
Uh, and also a, uh, a pint glass. Window Nation is supplying the, the pint glasses. I thought we had a pint glass thing. I just didn't see anything written down about that. But now we've got the information, and we pass that along. So we're looking forward to seeing you on Friday. Welcome back from the weekend, Pierre Robert. Good day, then. Nice to see you, sir. And to you, see is also. Ah, there we go. <laughs> couldn't have been said better than that. I don't think. How did that? <laughs> what happened? Well, I, I I had my coffee stir, and I was going to go sip, and then I realized it was across it was the cup, laying on top of the cup. We're going to end up in your nose. It would have ended up in my nose. Yeah. Starting was, off strong on a Monday. Uh, that's how I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's how I always try to do. You know, right out of the gate. That's right. Kaboomza! Broadcasting. Yeah. Pierre Robert died in a bizarre stir stick accident. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, his his nostrils were blocked by a wooden stirring stick. <laughs> uh, how was Expert your weekend? attempts to save him failed as he <laughs> as he goes. There's not enough cream in here. The sugar is wrong, and it's oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> nothing. Why don't we do the letter of the day? Sure. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. R as in Rhodesian Ridgeback. Oh. <laughs> I love that. We have a $350 uh, gift card for Bob Dodge's Red Sparrow Tattoo and Gallery in Downingtown. For the all-new Runic Tattoos in Newtown Square. For tattoo ideas, you can visit BobDodgeTattoos.com. I'm sure we have some good stuff planned for today. What's up, man? We do. We're going to give away Nancy Wilson's solo album. You can uh, view the entire interview I did with her up at Studio Z at WMMR.com. And her album, You and Me, uh, we've got a copy of that on CD and a stream code to view her live performance with the Seattle Symphony Orchestra Friday, July 9th. Uh, and uh, it's expected that a few Seattle friends might be showing Ooh. up to said uh, concert. So um, Interesting. Yeah. Nice. And since she's covered Daughter, uh, in the interview she said Kelly Curtis uh, called her and said all the Pearl Jam guys really like her, her cover of Daughter. Mm. So we shall see. Excellent. Um, but you will see it uh, if you win this. And also we'll have Workforce Blocks of Corn on the Cobb and Fleetwood Mac and uh, some Weezer for River's recent birthday yesterday. Excellent. All right. I would like to uh, thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today by A.D. Moyer. Higher quality building materials, fair prices, and trusted experts since 1939. Also, Acme has everything you need. Oh, and Acme. Acme has everything you need uh, to prep the, for the summer season. Acme fresh foods and local flavors. And also, Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Tomorrow on the program... We'll have Brad Arnold of Three Doors Down huh. and Sean Morgan of Seether on wow. the show. Yeah. Fugu. Yeah, Fugu. Yes. Uh, and tomorrow's Tuesday, so we'll do uh, Tattoos Day, your chance to win a Preston Steve-themed tattoo, amongst other things. That is it. We are done. Rage on, and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the map. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-